Get ready for Dead Beat Radio. All right. One more week. Here we are again. Back with uh, another episode of Deadbeat Radio. I am your host. I am Lance Adams. We are here at Stage Diver Network. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's good to have uh, Terry back with us. Not that he's been gone from us, but he's been gone from vacation, so our uh, recording schedule's been a little off, but uh, he got to see a gator. That's all that matters. That's all I wanted. Uh, he cares much more about his gator sightings than your uh, entertainment, and uh, as long as we're all cool with that arrangement, I think we'll be fine. Damn right. Have a uh, lovely guest with us today, a good friend of mine too, uh, Mike Doherty. Mike D, how you doing? I am fantastic. Actually. You are a full-time stage diver today, huh? Just Ooh, got done with uh, J&B's DLC, so you guys listen for that. Uh, I think they'll come out first, so if you enjoy that, let that lead you here. And that you'll Wait, that doesn't make sense. You'll already be here. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Again, listen to them both. Just check it out. Uh, Jeff Fun, was those guys good? Oh, I did. It was a blast. Nice, nice. I'm doing their show coming up in the next week, so I'm excited. So. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and we got a lot to talk about and get into, but um, before we get started, I do want to, to start on something. And this is not a bit. This is not the uh, Arctic Ice Cigarello uh, callback. This is this is honest. I want to I want to be be upfront and honest. And that's the whole point of the show. I mean, Mike, again, do do anything you want, say what you want. That's the whole point of the show. Was unbiased honesty. Got an opinion? Great, say it. Don't like it? Great, that's okay. That's what opinions are for. And we give everybody a format. And we don't hold back. And, you know, there's no need to be rude and dick about it. That's the thing is we can all disagree. You and I, again, have had many a discussion we did not agree on, uh, but still continued to uh, get along, speak civil, uh, reward points when points are given. You know, I don't agree, but good point. And so we've always been that way. But um, I I do want to be be honest and serious here for a minute. Um, I've been having a a real rough week. Um, Actually, life's hard for me anyway, and I'm not trying to give you woe is me, but the last week or two have been – Real extra rough. I've been having, going uh, through a ton of personal stuff. And I, you know what? I want to take a moment to anybody that is listening. I know we always joke about that the only listeners are Kurt Keller. Hey, Kurt. And whoever next week's guest is because they always listen to the episode. But and realistically, and, and Terry's girlfriend. So somebody <laughs> that is listening, even if it is only you four, then I, I encourage you four to pay attention and pass this message on to anybody who may need it. There are times when I have been kicked to the point I didn't think I could get up. And I am a manic depressive anyway. And so I have been there to that moment of saying, I can't go on. I'm throwing in the towel. But for some reason, I've always came back around. And life has continued to tell me that's the right answer. And so I have been really in that place lately. And I... I thank, again, for me, it's a thank God, and I'm not a preachy person, but I'm a believer, and so it is a thank to my God um, from from my uh, perspective that I have been given the strength to carry on, and everybody has that in some form, and you may need help to get it, and that's what I want to encourage anybody who is listening that knows somebody that's life shitting on right now, and you know they're in hard times, reach out, tell them you need them, tell them you love them, let them know you'd be better off with them here than gone. Because you never know when it is too late. And uh, again, I don't want to get preachy. I just want to say, hey, I've been there lately. I've been suffering. And so I want to let other people know, because that's the point of the show, that we, we find we have more in common than we think. So somebody out there may be listening and suffering and needing just an encouraging word. Because sometimes one word of, yo, you okay, is all you need. 
And we've all been to the point where just somebody asking how you were changed how you were. So check on a friend. Have somebody check on you. Sometimes you got to ask for it. Sometimes you go, hey, man, I'm, I'm fucked. Can we talk? And their first question will be, sure, are you okay? And you'll get that what you need, but sometimes you do have to ask for it. So if you need it, ask for it. If you see somebody else who needs it, offer it. And that's all really I had to say. I just wanted to get that out there and get it off my chest. And again, kind of share that uh, I've been going through it. And so, um, you know what? Worst case scenario, have them write us here. We'll be there for you. You know, pen pals are a thing of the past, I guess. But uh, you know what? If you're having a shitty time and you you personally are are needing somebody just to go, hey, man, it's cool. What's up? Fucking message Deadbeat Radio. You can get us through Facebook. We've set up a messenger. You can reach us and we'll reach back to you and let you know, hey, what's up? So Lance, anyway, Lance, this one's for you, buddy. Oh, shit. What have I done? Oh, that's not where I'd have went at all. That's I mean, it's good. It's true. It's true. Um, I, I, I commend what you're saying. I, I think it's really, it's really mature and responsible as a human being to take something that you're dealing with and <clears throat> reflect on that and try to use that to help other people. So everything that you're saying right now is, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. And I just, um, I wanted to, again, just kind of share it, get off my chest. I think, and this is again, not, not to be preachy, but I, I, I do believe I do pray and I encourage when my atheist friends come to me at heartache and I go, you know what? pray i know you don't believe but here's the deal sometimes just the saying it will make you feel better and i think for me there's someone listening you may not and that's your belief and that's cool but you know what the act is cathartic and i do and i always make sure to, hey i'm not being preachy i'm just telling you the act is cathartic because even as an intelligent person who does believe i have to in somewhere in my mind go what if i'm wrong well you know what if i'm wrong i'm still cleansed by just getting it off my chest and so and that's what a therapist is 90 percent of the time they listen you talk you just get it off your chest so how different is it to believe um at least uh this act will work i know there's no one up there great that's your atheist philosophy no worries but trust me the act is just sit in a chair. You don't have to kneel. Um, I think it, it helps. I think set a mood. You know, for me, I do kneel old school, just like you see in pictures or movies. And and for me, that, that helps set the right time, right place. In the same way, anything, you like to sit in a certain chair at your house to watch a certain show. You like to, you know, be in a certain, you have those things that make you feel that moment. Well, I kneel, I cross my arms, put it over my bed like a kid from a storybook, and I feel that moment. And I, I say what's on my heart. And so whether somebody's listening or not, I don't know. I believe. I don't know. So, but the act still makes me feel better. And, every, and so, and everyone has their own thing. Yeah. To find their peace. Oh yeah. It's meditating. Yeah. Even like we just did a video game podcast. But yeah. Like whatever your place is, like like you say in the five to drive. Well, you see what's your yeah. happy place. Exactly. You know I mean? Find where you need to just let it go and let it go and get it off your chest. And sometimes you can't do it alone, and that's that's okay. That is okay. That's why I don't shit on people who take, you know, psycho, uh, psychotropic drugs for, uh, or psychoactive drugs for, for um, mental illness. It's like, you know what? A lot of people abuse it, but if you need it, go for it. I think if it helps you um, and it helps you to be a better member of society and make you feel more like a human being, you, you go for it. Um, you know, I, the question when you're giving it to kids, all right, now we have a different conversation. But an adult who can address and go, I, I'm kind of fucked up. I don't want to be fucked up. Can I, is there a way I can get not fucked up? You know, it's like, yeah, we can, we can do that. We can do that. Uh, oh, you know, speaking of fucked up, this, um, 
just crazy. Uh, uh, Segway, uh, wait a minute. He's a real comedian? Yes, I promise you. Um, have you guys seen this documentary, Evil Genius Shit? No. Familiar with it? Uh, I've heard a lot about it, but I've not watched it. Okay, so I don't... Typically, when I hear a lot of people talking, I hate to sound all hipstery, but a lot of times when I talk, hear people about a certain show, I'm like, eh, it's just, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it. Shut up. Um, I, you, you wore me in the ground. Um, once in a while, I'll, I'll check something out, uh, even based on hype. And this one, I had luckily already put on my radar before the hype started. And so I was like, oh, I'll get around to that. The hype started, and it were, was people I, I trust and that I have judgment... Uh, 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 opinions on very favorably, favorably, favorably. Um, and so I sit down and watched it. Um, it's broken into um, four episodes on Netflix, but it is great, and it is the most fucked up story I have ever seen. Like it is awesome, and it's in episodes, so you can watch like one at a time. the The, the filmmaker does a really good job. It's one of those documentaries where the I guess Terry, you'll appreciate this well. The the cinematic uh, way it's shot, the way it's laid out, the way he's uh, organized it was fan. And he apparently's been filming this for years. Like uh, discoveries were being made as he was filming the documentary. People that were heavy involved were dying, leaving their one hundred percent known testimony with them. It was crazy, dude. Um, I think the pink the the. The I started Pinkman, but the Jesse Eichelberger movie is what most people reference it to. Thirty minutes or less. Have you guys seen that? I don't think I have. It's good. It's a comedy based on it. It's a, a real story, but um, uh, where the uh they Danny, shit, Tropic Thunder, uh, Danny McBride, uh, in this um sets up a uh, kidnapping plan to kidnap a pizza guy. Oh, I have and seen strap that. a okay, bomb yeah, to him. Yeah, I have seen that one. Then it's Jesse Eichelberg and his friend Aziz Ansari. Yep, yep. And the whole point is they're they're strapping a bomb to him, and he's robbing a bank because the guy needs to pay off his dad or some shit. And the story is based on a true story. They really did uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, and that's what the documentary is about. Not to spoil it for you, but the gist Uh is uh, that they really did kidnap this pizza guy, strap a bomb to his chest, send him into a bank, and he he robbed a bank. Holy crap. So this is the actual story of that movie. Yes. Wow. Interesting. Okay, nice, nice. But now here's the thing. So when you – anything based on a true story – there's that little bit of nugget that is all anybody knows. Um, the McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit, right? Mm-hmm. All anybody truly knows is hot coffee spilled lawsuit, bam. Mm-hmm. And the story's facts, I don't know if you're familiar with that case, but the facts vary from public opinion, could not be more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, she just sued McDonald's, now everybody sues. Well, McDonald's actually had known for years they were keeping their coffee too hot so they didn't have to make more in a day because it lasted longer. McDonald's had already had a shit ton of warnings and, oh. and was keeping it too hot. And and the people are like, oh, she was driving. She's in a parked car. Most people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So, again, the facts versus the coffee spill lawsuit mentality, totally different. In this, you know, pizza, bomber, bank, done. Well, if it's an easier story to digest, it's what people take in and just exactly, exactly. Out. And then it's it's the the schoolhouse game of telegraph. I tell mm-hmm. you, you tell me, and then we've all heard it a thousand different ways. It's the same thing with like history movies. Yeah. like like yeah. come on, you know what I mean? Well, They're so far. Off so again, if you take just the nugget of what people know, bank robber, pizza, uh, uh, bomb, mm-hmm. that honestly is not even the most interesting, exciting story arc in this overreaching story. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> this lady who did this, uh, well, again, it's all speculation. There's no 100%, but it's pretty damn confirmed. Um, the people that did this um, had so many other shit. Like, she was uh, this beautiful debutante with mental illness. And, again, that's one of the reasons that I bring this up because she ended up um, – she got some help, but not enough. But like every husband, boyfriend had all died in mysterious circumstances. And, and then like it just later they connected it to this. And so you're, you're like five murders in before you even get to the pizza collar bomber. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was neat. It was very fascinating. I highly recommend it. Um, and I'm a documentary guy. I think um, some documentaries are interesting subjects. Some are very well-made movies. I like a combo of both. Um, I like a, um, a, a, a well shot. I like a good narrated documentary. I want um, some real photos from the time and stuff like that. So I love that. One I've recently re- rewatched is The Jinx. Have you watched that one? No, it doesn't it, ring a bell. It's about a billionaire Fred Durst who's uh, been uh, accused of all these murders and has gotten away has gotten away from most of them. It's a really good documentary directed by Andrew Jarecki. You should definitely check that hmm, one I'll out. I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's one. that Are you a documentary fan, Mike? Do you watch a lot of documentaries? You um, seem like you would. I've, I've seen uh, my fair share that I've enjoyed. Most recently, I thoroughly enjoyed the Andre the Giant documentary. I have Holy not crap. seen that oh, yet. Are you kidding me? I know you're a big wrestling fan like me. I have not seen that yet. No. It's... It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. I could have been in that. I met Andre the Giant once. I also met Andre the Giant once. Nice. Where, where were you? How old? Uh, Thompson Bowling Arena, probably right around 13, 12 into 13, right around that age. Group. Okay. I was younger than that. I was in middle school, uh, so not much younger, but I was in the 11, 12, I guess, mm-hmm. um, on a field trip, and he and Haku were staying in the hotel, and I met them both in the hotel. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, But I haven't seen that. I want to. You know what? I've also not caught uh, the 30 for 30 Ric Flair. I want to see that really bad. I also want to see that. I'm not soon. Um, I'll tell you a good one that I, I know you're a big comic book guy. Have you seen Batman and Bill? I have not. Are you familiar? I am. Very good. Very good. Like, there were moments in it I cried. Mm, nice. No joke. There were moments just that, like, I, I it, it balled me up. I cried. So, uh, but I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the Evil Genius was great. I highly recommend it. So, believe the hype in this one. Um, definitely good. Uh, I, I, my joke was when I first watched it, cause they're like 45 minute long episodes. I was like, wow, I'm really sad. They didn't do these episodes in 30 minutes or less, but I'm pumped. Did not go. Yeah. Now I know why. Now I know why. So Mike, what do you been got going on? What's uh, going on with you lately? I haven't seen you in a while. We, for those of you who don't know, Mike is a uh, a friend of mine. We've been friends for years. We've done several of the roasts. Um, you know, love doing the roasts. We've done several of the character roasts together. We've worked together a ton. But you don't. I don't see you around comedy anymore. You've kind of just dropped off of doing that. You don't. Uh... Well, there's there's lots of things going on with that. Particularly, um, I don't know. I sort of completely upended everything that I thought I wanted to do with comedy. I, I came out of the gates wanting to be as many people. It's, it's so common. I, I didn't realize, it, of course, at the time. I thought I was having brilliant thoughts that I wanted to, to, to share with the world. You know, I wanted to be Bill Hicks and George Carlin and, uh, you know, that, that's been done. What am I going to say that they haven't said? Yeah. And the thing too is what you think is funny. The audience doesn't. And that's, right. a, that's a skill that takes a lot of work it really and you does. have to work at it. And there's a point where you're not sure you want to anymore. Exactly. I mean, yeah. One thing I also came to realize is, you know, people are there to laugh, to have a good time. They're at a comedy show. They mm-hmm. don't want somebody to come on the stage and tell them everything they love is stupid and how dumb they are for liking it. And, you know, yeah, that's oh, not look how thing. smart I am for, for hating this thing you like. It, yeah, it, I don't. That's not what I wanted to do, but that's how people are going to take most of it. Because yeah. I, I don't have the skill set of those guys. So. Um, I tend to find I exercise more of that feeling here. <laughs> um, uh, I, on, on stage, again, you, you see my act. I, I'm not... Um, 
I'm not really a uh, an a argumentative guy. I'm I'm loud and I'm um, animated. I would say is fair, Certainly. but I, I'm not preachy again. And it's part of it's look again being a right wing Christian. What are you going to do? Go be you'll designate every other comic and every other ninety percent of your audience and ninety percent of your peers are left wing atheists. And it's like, do you want to be that guy? I don't. I just don't. Right. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to. Um, talk about that i don't want to um uh uh you know what again i've always thought uh, political humor is one of those things where i'll leave that to the smart trey crowders of the world i just i'm not i'm not smart enough for it i think it takes intelligence you really have to write a certain way and i, I don't and i know again the audience isn't going to like my side of it so i just steer away from that and uh so i don't do a preachy i did get um i told this story last week uh or last episode I did get a wonderful con, uh, compliment. Uh, somebody told me that I reminded them of a uh, ancient cowboy poet storyteller. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> major compliment. Um, so, again, was there just a moment you got turned off or just uh, did you get disillusioned and just go, this isn't what I want to do anymore? Well, it was there was a combination. I got a, like, I did get a little bit burned out on the scene. I'm not going to lie. Um, the scene was rapidly, can be toxic, very toxic, very toxic. And I think there was a division of what I wanted versus what the scene wanted to do. Versus I, I always wanted to be very professional. My opinion is we're putting on a show here. People want to be entertained. Uh, let's put on a damn show. Let's it's not half-ass and bumbling. One hundred percent agree. Uh, and, and tell inside jokes the crowd doesn't get and be hateful. You know, and there's a dichotomy there. I think. I think. A lot of the scene at the time was that, and I didn't want to be part of that. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen it. And again, I'm not calling names or anything. No, There's no, no point for that. But these um, Chase uh, Chase Dyer, yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the I think the universals apply to everything. The music scene has the same thing. You know, they 100%. do. One hundred percent. I'm sure if you get to some art community scenes, they're the same. Uh, filmmaker scenes are the same. I don't know if you can. T- is, there, is there a filmmaker scene? Is that a thing? Uh. <laughs> I, I I avoid them as much as possible. But they do exist. They they, oh, they are do. a thing. There's huh. one that exists in Knoxville. But yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> um, and for me, I I've seen that. I've always stayed out of it for personally because I'm old and these people don't want to hang out with me. Mm. Uh, I have a wife, full time job, kids, so I don't have the time to get involved. Sure. I'm too old for this shit. I'm the Danny uh, uh, fucking. Oh, God damn it, Little Lethal Weapon Glover of yeah. this. I'm too old for this shit. I, I'm just yeah, I don't like the Lethal Weapon movie, so I don't know the quote. Dude. I know, I know, I right. know. But um <laughs> So I stay out of that, but I see a yeah, I see it run a lot of people off. And not that it ran you off per se, but I, I see that it can. And I saw it running people off, which is what made me feel, you know, sort of out of it a little bit as well. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm a little older. I, I was sort of transitioning out of the hey, let's hang out and get drunk at the bar. And yeah, I can't do it. I'm not. I'm over it. I don't. I feel like it's, I've got better things to do with my time. So that's yeah. that's such a big part of it too. And uh, like I said, that, that feeling of just sort of losing. I didn't lose my voice, but you know, to, to upend everything to where you lose that drive and that passion of what you thought you were trying to do. Oh um, yeah. Uh, and I replaced it with what I love in comedy. I've, I've really grown to to love John Mulaney. I love Mulaney. I need to see his new special. I haven't seen it, but I it's love great. Mulaney. It's great. It's not his. It's not my favorite of his, but it's uh, outstanding regardless. I think Kid Gorgeous is that the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one before that, Stranger in Town, mm-hmm. loved it. So great. Um, I'm a huge Mulaney fan. I, did you watch his show when it was on? I, I did not because I heard such a lukewarm. It's not bad. From it's it. it's B plus material mm-hmm. at best. <laughs> um, here's here's honestly what it is. It's Seinfeld for millennials. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's, it was Seinfeld for millennials. It was, here's a comedian playing himself as a comedian. Um, he has a hip 
kind of doofy black roommate. Mm-hmm. He has a girl that he kind of dated but didn't date. Uh, cast was great. Um, had a crazy neighbor. I mean, so all the all the stereotypes were there. But it was a millennial Seinfeld, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. I won't say that. It wasn't bad. Yeah, when it pops on Netflix or Hulu, give it a watch. Um, It was worth it. But, yeah, I love Mulaney. He's got a real dry wit. And his delivery, the way he does a punchline, I I love it. Very specific. Brian Regan, I've grown to be a huge fan of. It's clean comedy. It's so hard to make a room full of people literally laugh so hard that they're crying, got the tears in the eyes, without... Cursing without telling it doesn't work for me. Jokes. It's it's a true art form and a craft. It is. Um, it is. And here's again the thing: that. it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you do it well. Um, and for me, I've always encouraged young comics to, to, and I think any comic should follow this: be who you are. You can be a version of you. You can turn it up. I make no no bones about it. I turn the the side of me up to eleven, but it's still me. I cuss in real life. Be around me ten minutes, and I will be like, "What the fuck is that about? What? That's retarded. What?" And so when I go on stage, that's how I talk. If you do not cuss in real life, hanging out with your friends, do not go on stage and cuss. If you're Brian Regan, I'm assuming hanging out with your friends, you tell poop jokes, not shit jokes. Mm. You shouldn't do it on stage, right? If you're hanging out with Eddie Murphy, I'm very sure he would be like, "What the motherfuck?" Right? Because that's who I'm. That's that's what's real. And the Gaffigans and the Reagans. Now, I prefer Brian Regan over Jim Gaffigan for the clean comics. Sure, me too. I love his writing. Um, he's got some of the 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 one about Dora the Explorer and the oh. meeting for the map. Yeah, that's just and and again, awesome. I love it. I think it's hilarious. So I'm a big fan of his. And you know what? Again, even if you don't agree with the way somebody does it, cussing, non cussing. Tell again, right wing Christian. But if I go to shows, how many God, Jesus, Trump jokes do I hear? Right. But here's the deal: if they're funny, they're funny, and that's all that matters. Everything's on the table, or nothing's on the table. And if you tell a good, and again, I'm a father who's lost a child. If you tell a Jesus Reagan dead baby joke and it's funny, I'm going to laugh. I am not changed. My, I'm not going to run away in tears. Your joke does not penetrate my being. I hear it and go, that's funny. Or I hear it and I go, that's not. And I don't judge you either way. It's like, it doesn't matter. Joke's joke. Right. Again, if you want to be equal, then we all get an equal shot at being the punchline at some point. That's how equality truly works. Sure. Most want, people struggle with that, though. Yeah. I mean, you're you're oh, talking yeah. about, you're, you're living the goal over here, whereas most people... They, if they get offended by one minor thing, the joke's out the door. Now oh, one hundred percent. People can't can't compartmentalize. Right. I struggle with that word. <laughs> um, well, okay, that brings something up. Let's uh, again, you and I. I said this with Victor last time, but you and I diametrically opposed on almost all things political and uh, of, of that nature. You know, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not necessarily so sure about it. Really? I think. I think we might find a middle ground more than. I, I. I've always assumed you to be, and not assume. I mean, I've seen proof of it. Quite liberal, and obviously intelligent. It's not an insult, but liberal and to the left on most things. And you know me to be quite the opposite. But um, here's the thing. So what's your take on the White House Correspondents' Dinner a few weeks back with the Michelle Wolf? Did you follow any of that? I did. Um, I think that for an administration and a leader that slings so much mud and insults on such a childish level, for him to be personally offended and to make such an ordeal out of it, it's 
it's it's hypocritical. Honestly. Oh yeah, big time, big time. They showed their hand there. Oh, big they time, really did. big time. Um, and I did, I didn't like it. But again, let me preface this: I didn't like it because I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't sure. like her delivery. Her jokes were well written. Some of them I thought were very good. But Michelle Wolf's a killer, man. She's I just didn't hilarious. know her. Um, I don't. There are great comics who are great comics that I don't really like. It's like hearing a good band and going, yeah, you got it. I don't like it, but you got it. Um, and again, and, that's hard for a lot of people. Yes, yes. It's hard to um, rank a band and go, look, I don't I don't like you guys, but I see the quality. It's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I can do that with a comic. And in her, I don't, she tends to fall, as we all do, into some kind of subcategory. She's the nebbishy, nervous kind of delivery. Is that mm-hmm. accurate from anybody who's yep. seen other stuff? Sure. And I'm just not a huge fan of that. There's only it's, you got to be a Mitch Hedberg for me to really get into that. 100%. And so I thought her jokes were well written, but here's the problem. Again, nobody should have got offended, but it's set up very wrong. And here's my suggested solution. Again, you don't get to bitch unless you have a suggested solution. Well, nice. I, I'm bitching, and not again for the reason people think the jokes were well, they were good, they're funny. I just didn't like her delivery. That's just a choice. That's a great movie, bad actor. Right, I'm not shitting on the movie. I'm not saying anybody should be offended by the movie. I just didn't enjoy Tom Cruise as Lestat. Uh, uh, great example, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's one of the best. So anyway, here's the problem: the White House Correspondents' Dinner has become, especially in the internet age of everybody watching on clips, a Comedy Central roast. Mm-hmm. The problem yeah. is. It is not a Comedy Central roast. As someone who's done tons of roasts with me, and and we've worked well together, a roast is everybody taking a turn. And the correspondence dinner is me shitting all over you. And again, because people cannot compartmentalize it, they take it as an insult, and the problem is it's not a roast. They should scrap everything and just make it a roast. Here's the deal. So Michelle Wolf gets up here, takes her shot. Boo. That's against me. But let Sarah Huckabee Sanders get up there with the professional writers who help her, just like, uh, don't want to spoil the magic, the comedians at the Comedy Central Roasts. They have professional writers who write their bits and help them out. Mm-hmm. They have a coach coaching them to do their best. And so have that. Have have the Sean Spicer, whoever it is at the time, get up there with a comedy writer and roast. And that way, oh, you took yours? I'm going to take mine and make it fair and make it a roast. Let the audience know it's a roast because now they don't. What you have is people not prepared for a roast. Mm -hmm. You used to get just a little bit of ball busting, but we've all seen enough Comedy Central roast now to where everybody thinks that's how you do it. So the comedian comes out and goes, oh, yeah, watch this. Go back and watch the roast of Donald Trump. He thought it was funny. He did good. Mm Why? Why? Because he, even he got a turn to say, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it, it takes the edge off of it for yes. when you take yours, certainly. And so I think they ought to just scrap it and make it a roast. But that's why people are, are boohooing it and making a big deal over it is because they didn't get their turn to tell you to go fuck yourself. And that's what a roast should be. It's a nice observation. Definitely. Yeah, it's not set up well. But I just I didn't like her delivery. I don't think I would enjoy her humor. Again, it's not... It's just one of those things. I don't like the nervous, nebbishy character. And it's a Woody Allen. Um, I've never been a big fan of his. For me, the closest I get is, again, Mitch Hedberg, Larry David. Because, mm-hmm. again, there what you have is a brilliant, ballsy, nervous, nebbishy kind of thing. Because even Mitch Hedberg was ballsy in his delivery. Oh, super. And uh, so I, I love it. Uh, but I, I just 
I think it ought to be a roast because I miss roast. I love them. I we've done a couple together. I know you were uh, it's my favorite uh, shows. Me too. Me too. Um, and again, for people that aren't around here, um, Knox Comedy used to and getting back into it. Thank goodness, but used to do character roast, fictional roasts, where we did the roast of Hulk Hogan and we all came as wrestlers and and roasted in character. Well, just so much creativity. In it the was air. a blast. It's actually how I made my name in Knox Comedy. Well, that's true. Um, I would not be sitting here had I not got in on my first roast. Um, <laughs> I was the the bald guy, so I got stone cold for the roast of Hulk Hogan. I just you, owned it. Yeah, yes, yeah. And you were you did Scott Hall, which was great. And so um, uh, nobody knew me. Nobody knew who I was. I came to a couple open mics, but everybody was like, "Oh, the that guy." And so, but I love Stone Cold, as you guys see. I do impressions, and so I went all out. I bought a pair of wrestling trunks. I had the black leather vest, no shirt. I shaved everything north and south of the Mason Dixon line for this. Total right? commitment. Yes, I had my wife um, make up over my tattoos. Um, I had bought a little kid's wrestling belt. I carried my six-pack around in the rings, right? And I got the impression down just perfect. I got every beat so that I could sit there and tell you I would snap that little rope, you know, and did the whole Ow. thing and loved it. So, But the thing was, nobody knew me, and so they were like, let the new kid go first. That way, when he bombs, we can recover. <laughs> but I didn't bomb. Again, I, I'm, I'm tooting my own horn here, but I, I didn't bomb. I batted it out of the park. I was really proud of myself, no doubt. I I came out, did everything, you know, did the beer over my head, uh, nailed every joke. Um, and it, and and the next person to go up after me, actually, who was not a big wrestling fan, and that definitely definitely hurt her her character or her case. I think in that matter, um, not being a diehard fan of the the subject matter. And she came up at and she just didn't know what to do. No. And it was it was it was like Jimi Hendrix opening for the monkeys. It was just like, uh oh, we we weren't ready for that. But I loved it. And then uh, again, we did the um, roast of Axel Rose. Not Axel Rose. Mm -hmm. You did Gene Simmons a kiss, makeup full. It was great. Hell Chains, yeah. everything. <laughs> um, I did Rob Halford from uh, Judas Priest again. Ownage. I did show my ass at that roast. I did. Uh, I did <laughs> show my ass. Literally. Literally. Yes. 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 I've got pics. Uh, I, I may post those on the website. Uh, you can see. Uh, it was one of my more brilliant moments. But yeah, I love that stuff because I'm I'm a ham. I I love being a ham. Uh, I I just thoroughly lo lo love that shit. Um, so uh, okay, here's a good segue. Speaking of ham, um, I hear now you're doing some kitchen work. Is that still right? Oh, just now? Yeah, I'm just it's, it's my first kitchen job I've had. Nice, nice, <laughs> no, nice. Just, just um, kidding. It's, it's something I've done for a very long well, time. Well, I have been to your house for some of your soirees, and the uh, layout was beyond spectacular. So oh, I can give you. massive props there. But, well, so Jamie, Jamie's a huge part of that, too. You know, she's a lifelong chef as well. So, yes. And we, we, uh, when I first met you guys, uh, and for those of you who don't know, Jamie is uh, Michael's fiance. You guys have oh, been yes. together forever. Um, mm -hmm. And um, she was, I think, She's still doing sushi, working primarily. She was no, at a sushi place uh, when we first met. She's transitioned out of the chef world into bartending. Um, nice, nice. Same skill. Translates well. I mean, it's it's comedy to to music, um, to comedy to acting. It's a very similar. It is. Uh, yeah, because I've done both. Uh, so Interesting note, you know, you don't see a lot of women in the kitchen. This is a whole other podcast topic itself. You women don't see in a kitchen? lot of women in the no. kitchen. So no. hearing her stories and her seeing her experience oh, yeah. of it. uh Bartending is much more favorable to her as a, as yes. a woman. Yes. Oh, yes. And again, because they can turn around and use skills that we can't. Drunk dudes will do shit. Drunk girls won't. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. And you know what? You can be like, that's that's sexist. Or you can be like, that's real. And you know what? I'm going to make that tip money. I'm not whipping out a titty. But if I have to smile a little bit extra and go, sure, hun, I got you. I will sure, hun, and I got you for an extra five in my jar. 
Yeah, a lot but nicer than I would do that now. By some sweaty guy in a chef coat. I mean, you honestly, if, are, if soccer moms coming in to buy, you know, 360s for their kids, if I could make a tip or two being like, honey, I got you. <laughs> you don't think I wouldn't? In a heartbeat. Uh, I had a, uh, a friend of mine used to work at Red Lobster, and uh, we would get off. Uh, bef- I would go hang out with him, and he would get off, and then we'd wait for his wife to get off at O'Charlie's across the street. And so while I was waiting for him to get off so we could go wait for the wife to get off, I would sit there, and they had a gay bartender, Alabama Rick. Oh. And uh, he must have been sweet on me because he bought me drinks the whole time I sat there. And, again, I never asked, but it was just like people were like, I can't believe you would leave that gay dude on. It's like, no, that's a free drink. He wants to flirt with me, and I, that's great. I treat it no differently than an ugly chick bartender going, you want a beer? Yeah. <laughs> I will sit here and talk to you for the next 20 minutes. I'll listen to any story you want to bitch about Ramon, your ex-boyfriend. I'm listening. And whatever. that is a quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever you want to do, that's good. The best, we would get off there. I've got a good buzz because of Alabama Rick. We would go to O'Charlie's, just walk across the street, wait for the wife. She would bring us free-loaded potato soup for as long as we sat there. She was like, potato soup and rolls, I can get those all day long. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? Dude, this was, it was a life, man. When I was in my early 20s, I guess. I don't do that shit no more. Mm. I can't. But um, So you're not doing just kitchen work. This is different, though. You're a kitchen manager. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Of a bowling alley. Yes. Okay, so here's my question, honestly. How much culinary skill does it take to make sure all the jalapenos on the nachos are just placed just perfect? Because, I mean, like, I've, I've been to bowling alleys. I know what's up here. Like, how how hard is this? Come on, like, really? Well, uh, that's, that's a solid <laughs> question. And there, then there's a lot of negative connotation into the, oh, chef at a bowling alley, put some nacho cheese on some fucking <laughs> chips and make a hot dog. That's not that's not what we're doing. No, there, there's a vision uh, that goes into Maple Hall from the owners and from our GM, Ryan Sheely, uh, that, that wants to escalate it beyond being a bowling alley. Yeah, they, they yeah, like yeah. To use the word, I, I kid knowingly, well, course, obviously, course, but yeah. They, they like to use the word boutique, and uh, we, we try to elevate huh. it and use locally sourced products. And, uh, nice. There, there's similar items you might find at other higher-end places downtown, reasonably priced. Well, I saw, um, I haven't had a chance to go yet myself, um, again, because I'm old and poor, and I don't get to do anything. Why don't you come down to Maple Hall one night? We will treat you up. You'll be our guest, and you'll oh. have a hell of a time. I get to sneak a date night out with my wife like once in a bajillion years, so I'll see if I can get a to- token out of this one. Hey, we'll I'll make it nice good. for you. Nice, hey, yeah. yeah. But I saw, a, 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 I guess, a trailer or a commercial you guys had for the place on Facebook, mm. and dude saw the food coming out of the kitchen, and again, knew, knowing you were behind it and having been to your house and seeing what you guys do, and was just like, wow. I mean, it literally, um, to me, I, it looked... As the dumb American that I am, it looked like the kind of shit you see on like Top Chef and you see like coming out of like uh, kitchen cooking shows that you, you go, you know, like I think Kitchen Nightmares and not like the bad one, but like the good one after he's turned it around. Well, and so, I do appreciate that. Very yeah, much. again, it may taste like shit, but the video <laughs> it it looked wonderful, and the presentation was amazing. So, uh, I will I will give my own recommendation that far. But and it's not just like a bowling alley either. It's a high class like setting. It's not like the big Lebowski. Uh, what oh, people no, hear no, when no. they hear there's no neon lights or anything. It's in the basement of the old JC Penney building. They're they're big on the rustic nice, feel. Nice. They like to represent. The old school of Knoxville and bring, um, bringing the old South into the real world. I guess you could think of it like Trey Crowder a little bit in that way. Nice, yeah. um, nice. Um, I know that um, it's it's not super new, but you, have you been there from the beginning? Two years. Two years, two years. Is it, has it been there two years? It has. So you have been there from the beginning. I have. So as a kitchen manager, like... I like to cook, and I think I'm a good cook. I've done line cooking, but again, mm-hmm. all you do there is show up, and they go, all right, here's your chicken breast, here's your thing, you turn this, you throw this on. They teach you the recipes of the house, you don't do it. But in your case, 
you're creating the menu, correct? I am. So this is this isn't a chain. This is the only one. It is okay. So uh, what is like? I can make a dish for my family, but when you make a menu, you have obviously a collection of dishes. Mm-hmm. Each dish has to have its own fluid theme. Do you actively create a fluid theme from the whole menu? Well, there's a there's a top down vision, um, which is helpful to me as a chef. It's you know if you're just throwing darts at a board and, and seeing what's going to stick or what you feel like for the day, it, menus can get chaotic. Right, uh, they can can trip over themselves. That's a super skill. That's like the super chef that goes to the market and then comes back and goes, "Here's the menu based on what I bought at the market today." Uh-huh. I've actually been doing that on Wednesday. Oh, so nice. That's that's, nice. that's a that's a master class in cooking, bro. That's that's not just something anybody can do. Well, so that's that's a master class. Yeah, the uh, for top-down vision, though, the owners and the gym gives us, they, they want to capture an old-school Southern feel. They want it to feel like Tennessee. I was about to ask, did they give you a, a goal? Like, here's our uh, theme. Mm-hmm. And that is the case. They want to represent, like I said, that that, that old South, but, you know, bringing it into the new world. Nice. Uh, but they want it to feel authentic. I think authenticity, okay. they want it to feel very Tennessee. We have uh, cutting boards. We put our meat and cheese boards on. They're shaped like the state of Tennessee. So. Ooh, kitschy. I like, yeah, I like kitsch. I like it. I like, I like kitsch. I, I've always been. I used to, I got the chance to work there uh, for a long time. But um, even as a kid, I always loved the Hard Rock Cafe. I like the shtick. Mm. Like, you know, even as a guest, I bought into it. I, I love the whole shtick. So I like that shit. I mean, there's, there's wacky beyond wacky where i'm like no no i draw the line but like even like outback steakhouse i like the australian theme i like when people do a theme kind of setting sure so what is tennessee to you what does that mean so when they first presented you with this we want you to do basically what they asked you to do was dollywood right i mean without being dollywood but that something that represents here and the heart of us and what we do sure right so what what was the thought theme that popped in your head what uh what did you immediately think biscuits and gravy um growing up in tennessee my right. whole life just because uh, you're from here right i am I, okay I thought um so. and, you know the, the delicious aspects of southern food uh and looking at what we have to offer locally, they want to use as many locally sourced products as we can. Nice. So what does the area provide? What do we have to work with? Does that include meat or just veggies and produce? Um, actually, uh, not to bore anyone out there in the listening world, but Tennessee, as I've come There's to discover. There's no one out there. I, again, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be too much of a linguist nerd here, but podcast is actually a Greek word for failed radio. And so, ah, yeah, it comes from the Latin podcaticus, I think. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it means failed radio. So there's nobody out there. Kurt and next week's guest is the only two people listening. And, of course, Terry's girlfriend. Um, I occasionally make my wife listen, um, but I don't think she counts because she does other shit at the time. So, <laughs> But it's okay. You're not boring anybody. Uh, I'll get Kurt's report. Oh, I like that stuff too later. So, but so you guys do get meat locally as uh, well. It's Tennessee, very low food production. Not a lot of food comes out of Tennessee. And right. I, I take a crash course on that. Right. Uh, but so. that's a myth. Again, people think that. People see us. People automatically. Oh, we have to get lots of, and that's a big myth. I'm assuming it is. And I expected there to be lots of readily available stuff, but it's on a retail, you know, production level, there's just not. My guess is chicken and and pork. No chicken, no pork. Really. Uh, I tried to buy. No, we don't have a giant chicken. cattle industry. There's eggs, but okay. apparently, if you're going to be producing poultry in a factory setting, right? There's so many laws, regulations. You know, chicken is deadly in the wrong situation. Right. So right. It, right. You got to have a huge factory. Um, not not really happening in Tennessee. I would say some. your best bet, I guess. Then my next guess would be venison. Again. Because I get venison fresh. My I have an uncle who kills and, and sells venison. So, sure. Enough I mean, venison to put in your freezer. Oh, yeah. later. Oh, Not yeah. enough to sell in a restaurant seven nights Touché. a week. Touche. Right. right. And that, that's where the production comes in. So, right. uh, 
that would only be a revolving menu. Hey, I got this much deer for sure. the next three months. We're going to run deer, and then we're out. But again, you have to buy in a restaurant scenario from places got that it. have regulations. And right, that I, makes I, sense. I just can't kill a deer and bring it into Maple Hall and sell. It, yeah, you know? that makes sense. <clears throat> uh, did you hear about the guy in Canada that did kill his own deer? Have you seen that video? I know. Have you? Are you familiar with it? Yes, yes, I am. So this guy in Canada, you, you'll appreciate this. Um, these vegans started protesting his restaurant because they do that up there they do get like a deer and he, he butchers it in-house it's one of those like again one of those places you would see on a kitchen show on that somebody would visit on some travel show this is the best deer in quebec so awesome. he kept getting protests and he said fuck it he moved the cutting board to the window and slaughtered a deer in the front window wow and then they, it's crazy it's a facebook viral thing it's been everywhere and he's been on joe rogan had him on his podcast to talk about it and he was like look i i don't push my thoughts on you don't push yours on me but if you're gonna piss on my window i'm gonna you know i'm gonna push my, i'm gonna piss on it from the inside sure and that's what he did but uh pretty punk rock actually. yeah i thought so too i liked it I, I was impressed i was i was super impressed but uh yeah that's when you said that i can't bring a deer i was like in Canada, apparently you can. <laughs> you can do it in the goddamn window. Like fucking, I'll see that kid looking at the Red Rider BB gun. Now watch Red this. Sprayed. Yeah. Um, and I, I would love to go to a place like that. I would love. I, I'm not. I'm not a hunter, but I don't think I could. I'm opposed. Like I'm. I'm totally cool with hunting. I just don't do it. But I think if one of my friends were like, "Let's go hunting," I get it. The circle of life. It doesn't bother me. Kill and eat is an acceptable thing for me. Um, I think there's again some limits. You know, like, hey, that deer's one month old. Get it? Wait. All right. No, I'm cool with some of the rules and regulations. If it's got to be this, it's got to be that. Only in this season. Only in this place. Sure. Like I only eat free range veal. You know, you put really? Some, some wheels on the bottom of the cart, yeah. push it around. Just, yeah, that you works be for me. You I'm be humane. down. I'm down. So I, I'm not. I'm not one of these people that be like, oh, I can't believe you hunt. I'll take the burger right, with a side right. of chili. Like and it's like, mm, no. Yeah. So I'm not down with that. I don't hunt, but I get it. Um, but I think that would be cool to uh, go to a restaurant where they do just butcher it and cut it. I love to watch the big steakhouses where they have a whole loin and like a, a Hank Hill bandsaw. And, it's like, <laughs> and then the steak falls off and you're like, oh, I think I just came in my pants. And that looks so good. So what is your menu like? So what again, what did you come up with? What um, not being able to, to, to locally source meat, what did you choose? Well, we found we found beef. We found okay. some beef that's locally sourced from Smelser Farm. So I've got some uh, some excellent burgers that I've gotten a great deal of compliments from. Burgers uh, are good bowling alley, even class uh, food. Well, that's good. It Home is, food, comfort food. I like to think, you know, this is a situation it, it did for me. Like I I was given the directive for the locally sourced food. It's not a passion of mine. I was like, right. okay, we can we can learn from this. And yeah, uh cool. I ate that locally sourced beef and that burger. And Could it, you taste the difference? It really blew me away, actually. Really? I, it, it's hard to eat other burgers now. It's, it's wow. astonishing. I was actually dramatically surprised at the difference. Um, do you get um, like a whole side and butcher it at that point by yourself? No, no, or it, do you it, get, shows up. it shows up. So you up. get ground. You get. Uh, do you guys do steaks? We do not. Okay. Got it. I mean, that's a weird bowling alley food, but you guys are again a little higher class, so because sure, sure. you can go and not bowl. It's not like you walk in the door and go, "Are you bowling? Get out." <laughs> it's not like Chuck E. Cheese. Do you have a kid? No, get out. Right. No, no, we have an entire different level on the upstairs. That's a music venue and uh, oh, it's very, very classy. You guys do nice music bar. venues too? Yeah, absolutely. It's God, a that's spot. cool. Uh, it's pretty classy. There's a lot of board games and. Uh, Nice. Got the, the old school '60s Time magazines lying about. Love They're it. Really playing into that old school. Love that. That is great. Yeah, it's a great little place. They really nice. put a lot into it. They had a clear vision, and uh, it's really worked out well. But uh, uh, as far as the menu, you know, it's 
it's important not to be too cool for school. You know, you want to put a couple of cool things on there. You want to have some vegetarian options. Of course. And again, I'm all for that. I'm not in, in a restaurant. If I owned a restaurant, I would give a vegetarian option. But you know what? I'm going to have a steak on the menu too. You want to come in and eat? It's like I tell my kids. My This is a quick uh, kind of offshoot. But my, my kids, the other day, I have a station wagon. And they love to ride in the back. They think it's the greatest thing ever to face the back way, <laughs> ride in the back. But my nine-year-old wants it all to himself. I'm not going to let you do it and then tell my five-year-old no. Sure. I'm not going to be a dick. Now, here's the deal. You don't want to sit back there, don't. I'll let you sit wherever you want to sit, but I'm going to offer her the same. She's got to sit in the back seat. She's got a seat in the, the, the gunner section, in the, the tail gunner section. So you want to sit back there? Great. But if she wants to do it too, I'm letting her. So again, you want to come in my restaurant and eat you know, falafel? Cool. I'll make a killer falafel. But when that dude next to you orders a burger, don't you say shit. Right. Like and that. so um, vegetarian-wise, what did you – how does that – when I think vegetarian Tennessee, I don't think anything that would be bowling. I think like stews. Sure. And, you know, obviously a uh, veggie sandwich, that's an easy one to do. If you're going to do a burger, a veggie burger with a portobello's a cake, I, even I eat that shit. I, my wife is having health issues, so we eat some veggie burgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're great. I'm like, I mean, it's not a burger, but I, I like it. So um, vegetarian-wise, what kind of options do you guys well, the veggie burger, what you're talking about, the portobello, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, but we have an option of that. We call it the Forster. It is nice. a massive portobello cap. I'm in already. We marinate it in balsamic vinegar. In already. Throw it on the grill. Flames are flying out yep. everywhere. It's awesome. Get the nice, nice marks on there. We melt some white cheddar on it. Oh, yeah. We'll throw you some roasted red peppers on there. Obviously a vegan cheese. Uh, no. This so, is, this again, is not a you, vegan sandwich. So, got it. If you want a vegan option, you have to take the cheese off and probably some of the yeah, dressings. Yeah, and go fuck yourself while you're at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I love it. Um, I love yeah. It's like if food's good, I'm going to eat it. Like I like falafel and I like some of the veg. Now, when I hear veggie burger, I think that black bean that kind of patty. Fake yeah. hamburger patty. Right? But now I do love a portobello. Actually, just recently, my wife and I were making... Um, Dang it, I'm having one of those days. Uh, we were making um, pasta, and um, I did two mushrooms, did the same, make portobellas, soaked them in balsamic balsam vinaigrette, threw them on the grill, and then put a served them over the, the Alfredo pasta, which was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I love that shit. So it's like, hey, if it's good, it's good. But you know what's good to me? Meat. I like that too. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, I would like to uh, think, when I, when I think Tennessee, uh, this is weird, I guess, to really go there, but when I think uh, this whole area, I think distinct um, Irish um, descendants, mm. um, even in music, um, bluegrass is not that far off from Irish folk music. True. The instruments are the same: the banjo, the dulcimer, the mandolin. The accent's not that far off. The ye all is just y'all. I mean, like the accent. That's why if I watch like Snatch with somebody not from here, I understand it a thousand times better. Oh, that's hilarious! Because the accent's not that far far off from the boomhauer type people i've grown up with but the foods to me are the same um stews uh, uh game meat rabbit uh you know pheasant stuff like that stews game meat um potatoes hearty veggies mm-hmm. root veggies because the train is the same they come here we're a rocky you know uh, climate there too and, you know it's a hilly mountainous thing we grow potatoes they grow potatoes oh i can do this and so I think that I think the stews, the root veggies, the the pioneer kind of uh, thing. Um, I, I don't think like I know Memphis has barbecue and Nashville has like the hot chicken, mm-hmm. but those don't come to mind instantly for me for Tennessee. That's those specific places. Um, and I love barbecue and fr- hot chicken can go fuck himself. I'm not down with that shit. Real hot chicken will fuck you up. Um, it is super I, hot. I do not do hot food. 
I will break out in the lie detector comedy scene sweats <laughs> from a dill pickle, yellow mustard. Um, I can handle light Mexican at best, um, and that's about it. I'm I'm a wh- I'm such a wiener. Well, how about how does this hit you? How about a nice grilled bourbon barbecue bacon meatloaf sandwich? Does that sound something like that uh, you might be into? I'm in already. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. That's that's it. That sounds to me again uh, something mom or grandma would make. That's so on, that's yeah, that's, that's that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, that, that, that sounds sort of great. Southern Tennessee old school grandma. But you know, awesome. Made made well. Um, that that's the key. You can't be too cool for school. Well, you know? all right. So again, how far off is that from Shepherd's Pie? <laughs> I kind of want some Shepherd's Pie. Right I now. love Shepherd's Pie, dude. <laughs> so good. My wife. So we love Alton Brown. I'm a huge Alton Brown fan. Right. Love uh, Good Eats. All the shows. So I've pulled a couple of his recipes off the internet, which are mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. You ever want something just to pull out of your ass to impress somebody? Go to Food Network, look up him specifically, and he's got the best. Definitely good. good I have made his sweet potato pie. I don't like sweet potato pie. It was delicious. Nice. I made his creamed corn. I do not like creamed corn. It was delicious. But my wife, for my birthday one year, made Alton Brown's shepherd's pie with lamb and everything and made Alton Brown's bread pudding. And it was, because I told her I wanted an English I wanted English dinner, and it was the most wonderful thing. She cusses me to this day <laughs> for the preparation, but it was wonderful. Nice. Do you like lamb? Do you like stuff like that? You said veal. Do you like lamb? Um, I don't really have that much experience with lamb. I'm not going to lie to you. Shepherd's pie is my... I mean, source of lamb on okay. that. I, I had lamb when I was much, much younger. Not enough to really even, even really remember. So, what do you, what do you draw the line at? Victor and I talked about this last time. Like we talked about like blood sausage and stuff. Ooh, yeah. Oof. And so, uh, um, no. that does. I, I would want to eat it. I haven't, but I don't draw my line. So, where do you draw your line? What, what do you end up being like? No, no, I'm not eating that. Is uh, there a certain animal where you're just like, nope? Not, not necessarily so much. I, I was a little cold footed on sushi, but okay. Um, Jamie really being the master chef that she was at sushi really knew how to. To bring that to me uh, in a way that I could get into it, and uh, do you no, like, no, I love it. Do you like fish, like like prepared fish? Like sure. if somebody offered you broiled salmon, would you enjoy that? Probably, depending on how well they made it, I suppose. That's usually, <laughs> well, that is that is sort of a given for all food. I might be like, I mean, you that, fuck this up. This is no that good. That is overcooked <laughs> it. Um, for a lot of people that sushi discuss them, I always go. That's my question. Do you like fish? Well, yeah. Then you probably like sushi. Sure. Maybe not, but probably it. Uh, raw and most of it's actually again a myth most of it's actually steamed mm. you know most people don't give you that credit that but most sushi is lightly steamed I know there's a specifics to sashimi and sushi and no like each one of them has a very specific but um most of it's not raw most of it did not just pull cut it's it's lightly steamed it's well preserved in its own way through salt or something and so um if you like fish you'll probably like it the taste isn't much different it's like if you ever eat a piece of raw beef do you like steak? Put this in your mouth. It's, you know, like it's actually steak. Yeah. And so my mom drives me nuts and I know she'll never listen to this. So I can talk smack all I want about that bitch. No, I love my mom, but, um, she's such a hypocrite. Like she'll eat steak. She eats even a rare steak. Like she'll, she, her, her joke is blow its nose, wipe its ass and run it across the grill. All right. So she's that steak eater. Will not touch venison, lamb, None of it. I just, I'm not eating no Bambi. Uh, but mm. but you ate Wilbur? But w- no, no, you're a hypocrite. Like, I get it for people that go, I'm not eating rattlesnake. Okay, that's a fair line. You know, like, I don't, I'm I'm not, I'm okay for it. You know, I've grown up with a lot of people eating rattlesnakes, so it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm not eating no bear. Okay, I don't, 
I'm fuck it, bear steak. Let's have it. I'm I'm in. You know. Yeah, the Indiana Jones cracking the monkey brain on the. Th- you know, oh not, yeah, no, I'm drawing much, the line not there. Not too much there. Not too much. Specifically, there. Uh, told Victor, sweet bread. No, it's not. And organ meat in general doesn't gross me out. Like I'm not, I don't like it. I've had chicken liver and chicken gizzards, and I don't think I would like heart of anything. But it does, that doesn't gross me out. Mm. Um, the sweet bread, the brain, and the, again, the that one gets me. I couldn't do that. Eyeballs, I've seen that like fish uh, eyeball soup. Uh, I'm out. Uh, no, I'm out. Um, but I have some oddball stuff where I'm like, uh, again, um, caviar. Never had it, but it it's on my to do list. It's like uh, it looks pretty good. Mm. Um, uh, Again, I'll give credit where credit's due. This is one of those weird hypocritical things. I'm not down. I'm not opposed to Rocky Mountain Oysters. I've never had them, but uh, I'm not opposed. Uh, Again, why? So, again, here's why I ask myself, how fucked up are you? Why is that okay, but brain is not? Right. I think about that a lot myself. What is a testicle but a two tiny brains in a sack? I mean, like, you know, it's it's fucked up. I don't don't get why I'm like that, but uh, I don't know. You ever had, like, pig's feet? That's a weird one I see. Uh, I don't think I can do that. I'm I, actually not that adventuresome of an eater. To be really? Honest. Yeah, not not so much. I don't even really like cooking that much, to be honest. <laughs> it's just, it's right, a Terry, job so I found myself in. And, rewind, uh, Terry. Scrap everything. <laughs> we'll start over. Uh, apparently, I have taken a wrong turn here. Oh no, 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 no! I've it's, been highly misdirected. It, it's something I do love, and it's something that I've come, I've grown, grown to like more than anything. It, it, it's something that resulted from. Situation. You're good at it. I mean, uh, well, thanks. You got a I'd skill. Like to think so, sure. It's it's me with retail. It's like I have good moments in this but do i want to do this no i'm good at this so i can do this sure, sure. um i've cooked again at the hard rock cafe and a few local restaurants so i've cooked in in a, a line set cook setting never with any power or control and that's where i learned to cook uh, you know i learned to cook being in a kitchen and just learning the skills there and brought it home and went oh shit i i can do this you know and kind of experimented and learned what i didn't like and and mm-hmm. didn't like did and didn't like and so um i enjoy that um do you guys do like desserts do you guys do you bake are you how crazy do you go with that uh we have an in-house uh fellow brandon who has a lot of baking background experience i have put him on the case of making us some uh, delightful in-house handmade cupcakes nice nice we've got a lot of parties and groups rolling through so cupcakes are easy we did cupcakes at our wedding instead of a wedding cake Mm. we bought a tiered thing and did cupcakes and just that and all we had was the top to save for the year after so but yeah cupcakes are great Uh, we do it for all our kids birthdays because it's like fuck it i got 10 kids in my house you know what i don't need cut 10 fucking pieces of cake just grab a cupcake you know because you know what kids can do on their own serve a fucking cupcake to themselves they don't need me i can be outside on the porch burning one down they can actually grab their own cupcake and go back to pin the tail on the donkey and i'm cool with that that's that's great so is is it would you would you want like your own restaurant would you want to be the man in charge no 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 I don't think I would want my own business. I, I, I think it. I would suck at it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a fairly lazy person. I really need guidance. <laughs> it really helps me to have a boss to go, you be here this time to this time. Okay. Yep. Cool. That's how the podcast works. I do nothing. <laughs> right? Like I, I make a few notes. I ignore them all. I do nothing. I come in and Terry goes, we're going to do this. And I go, okay. He tells me what time. Okay. We can't do next week. Okay. Like I'm talent. I'm replaceable. Like they could have another me in a minute. So I know my place. I get it. Uh, so I, like, I do like being in control and being in, in charge of stuff. Um, I, if you were to say, like, would you like to run a successful comic book shop? One hundred percent, absolutely. Let's I, do that. My in my in my my fantasy, I go yeah, but I know me. I would suck at it. <laughs> I would I would I would suck at ordering supplies and be like, oh, we're out of toilet paper. 
Whose job was it? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're all mine. All the jobs are mine. List, I like list. I list. like being a manager where they go, hey, here's your parameters. Here's your thing. Do your thing. We'll pay you this month. All right, cool. I got that. And wow. so again, I don't want to run my own store my own way. Where I can go, that shit goes on that wall, and here we go. But I, I, I would hate the whole nine yards without having a, an infrastructure in place. If I could take over a business, maybe, and have a partner to be like, okay. You go sit at the desk and you smile at people and do that thing you do and you make people happy and you put lots of shit in their hand because that's what I do at work. I, I'm an entertainer through and through. Mm-hmm. So in retail, my style is to entertain. And my philosophy has always been, hey, you don't go to the circus for laser guns and popcorn, but you walk out with an ass ton of that shit. So when you come in my store, I dance like, like the little monkey and I do my thing and I make you laugh and we're friends in a minute. And then by the next thing you know, you're at your house with a bag full of shit. And so... <laughs> That's what I do. And so um, if I had a business partner to go, hey, we're going to do this, but you go do that. You go do the monkey dance, and you bring in lots of money, and I'll tell us what to do with that money. And I go, okay, that'll work great. Let's open a business. I think that's where we're going here. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) So are we doing comic book shop? Are we doing kitchen? What are we doing? I'm in. Uh, I want to make money if we're going to open it. So neither of those things. No, that's (laughs) true. That's true. Um, But I think being around a comic book shop or something awesome, you know, like we talked off air that I play Warhammer 40K, Mm -hmm. and I think running a – because a lot of comic book shops carry their products. Mm -hmm. And so I would love that. I would love to have a game shop where people could come and play Magic. And those have been tried and failed so many times. And there's some good ones. Like here in Knoxville, we have Sci-Fi City. Mm -hmm. They're a comic book shop. They have tables for Magic and tables for Warhammer and whatever mini uh, tabletop role-playing game you're playing. And I I would love to do that, but that's such a shot in the dark. You, that's a failure waiting to happen. It is because how do you know? Sure, you might have twenty people in there playing a game, but how many of them are actively spending money while they're there? You're just very little. You got a basement; people are hanging out in at that point. You know. Well, here's how it works. Um, and I, I've, I know some of these guys, and I can tell you for a fact this is what they do. Um, they make money on Red Bull and snacks. Ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> they make money on Red Bull and snacks, and every two to three months, you come in and buy a sixty dollar box of Warhammer models. And so that helps. Uh, and then they, while you're there, you'll, oh, that T-shirt's cool. Let me grab that. But it's really about uh, Red Bull and Mountain Dew and snacks. Mm. That makes sense. It's the American way. It is. It really is. It really, really is. So um, I think we're probably coming up on a break. We should yeah, be about that time. So uh, well, we'll good. wind this down. I need to hit the bathroom. So excellent, nice. excellent. Well, we've enjoyed this so far. And when we get back, you you have a very interesting hobby I want to get into. We talk about hobbies and hobbies, stores and things. Again, I play Warhammer, so interesting hobbies are interesting to me. Sure. And I want to get into that. But we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll uh, be back in a few minutes. So hang tight. Deadbeat Radio here with uh, Mike Doherty, Terry Snow, and myself, Lance Adams. Hey guys, this is Jay Kendrick. And I'm Biggie. And we're here today to talk to you about a new video game podcast coming to Stage Diver Radio Network entitled J&B's DLC. So has this ever happened to you while you're playing a video game? Get good, noob. Your mom looks like Sean Connery and I'd still banger get wrecked. 
Well, you're in luck, because we have a podcast by gamers. For gamers. Every other Monday, everywhere podcasts can be found, and at stagediverradio.com. Thanks for coming back, hanging out with us here on Deadbeat Radio. Again, I am Lance Adams, your host, Sir Lance A Little, your knight in shining stereo. I have with me, as always, the lovely Terry Snow, the man that makes it happen. What's up, dude? The Chewbacca to my Han Solo. Yeah, next weekend, Solo. Uh, girl! Yeah? yeah. Uh, can't wait. <laughs> we also have my friend Mike Doherty, Mr. <laughs> Mike D. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those in myself. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's in the throat. It's kind of weird. You got to—it's the back of the throat. Again, love clutch. So big fan. Um, welcome back, guys. Uh, we're happy to be back here with you on Stage Diver Network, Stage Diver Radio Network. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you can find tons of good podcasts. Uh, have you got a chance to flip through the studio much at all? The the network's page. There's podcasts for everybody. Again, I know you did J and B's DLC um, earlier with uh, video games. I did. Um, got the. Uh, the highest fuck lander, which oh, yeah. are uh, good guys, got to do their show. Me, Love Chase that. Chase and Sam and Bing. Yeah, again, I just found out you guys have been friends for years. That uh, yeah, yeah, I sure. did not know that. Yeah, that's cool. Something yeah. tells me I'd like that one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It's fun. It's yeah. it's very. Uh, I I honestly say if you like theater of the absurd, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and I don't yeah, think that's a bad yeah. thing. It's in that Andy Kaufman <laughs> sort of uh, uh, fun for the sake of fun and, yeah. and no limits they're, we they're, don't take ourselves seriously and we don't take anything else seriously and that's the best so. that's the best you know uh, uh, that's the best way to, to, to look yeah. at it so we are uh, happy to be here again check it out there's podcast for everything wrestling i know you're a big wrestling fan uh so uh one fall or 60 minutes is fantastic with uh the commissioner himself mr mitch wheeler um i i've gone to calling him the commissioner because he, he runs a wrestling podcast he loves <laughs> wrestling so i think that's the best word because he he always makes fun of us when we call him boss because uh yeah i don't know if you know this he's the man behind the network who makes it all happen and so i think the commissioner is the best uh phrase that's what i'm i'm going with it i'm liking it i support, I support it that's appropriate yeah, and we've got, uh, you know, just happenings about Knoxville. Again, you, you definitely need to check it out because maybe we can get you in and, and talk more about Maple Hall and the restaurants and promote it locally because there are some podcasts that are shot mo- more at a local audience. Scruffy um, Little Podcast. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, Scruffy Little Podcast would be a great place to get some out there about uh, the bowling alley. Maybe we can get uh, that going. Um, but there's there's a great podcast about everything. And um, uh, horror, we got CreepyCon coming up, and mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome with uh, Phantasm, uh, Corey Borger's f- podcast that he's had forever. Yes, um, so we're happy. Way more successful board. than any of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're all hoping he to ride. Fans. I, yeah, we're I looked all. Looked at ho- the pod track today. Almost cried. Um. <laughs> oh, and dude, you just got back from it's like, uh, a, like 50, 25, 3,000, 50. It's like oh, yeah. He just got back from the Texas Frightmare Weekend <laughs> yeah, or whatever. And he just uh, did Charlotte too. Yeah. So he's gonna come back with lot, lots of good stuff for us. Um, so show. if you're a horror movie fan of it, or just love uh, the macabre in any way, check that out. Um, we have some uh, other things coming out. I get creepy cons. Could be awesome. 
awesome. We're yes. going to be out in droves. Every show on the network, I think, is going to be there representing. Yes. Coming up so, quickly, we'll be doing live podcasts, live video games, all that good oh. stuff. Yeah. Uh, rumors of a podcast station. So, uh, oh, my. Oh, so I'm interested. Podcasts can do live podcasts. So we'll see how that nice. works out. Nice. That'll be yeah. great. That'll be awesome. <laughs> right. I would love to come do a live. We don't edit anything anyway, so what would be the difference? <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, might, it may be our last creepy con. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. We'll but let that's Phantasm gonna be awesome. and J&B go first. And that's... Uh, uh, let me... Uh, put on my spectacles got new glasses uh, so i can finally read the board <laughs> holy shit there's things written up there um yeah i don't want to ruin the magic for anybody listening but there's a board i read this stuff off of uh because i'm an idiot if you think i would remember all this you've lost your damn mind um Indeed. so yeah we have creepy con that's coming up in august 24th and 25th uh and you can do that creepyconknoxville.com find out uh pay uh, tickets uh stars that are coming all kinds of crazy shit yeah the stars of uh american horror story Oh, like my that. wife loves that show. Mm. I have never watched it. Never, ever watched it. But my wife loves it. Uh, so I'll have to tell her, and uh, she can be jealous when I go and she doesn't. Maybe some of them will be uh, here. Uh, we've, and, and most of these going on, so you can also find onstagediverradio.com. Uh, if you have anything you want to say, request, tell us to go fuck ourselves, you know, wherever you stand, stagediverradio at gmail.com. You can always uh, hit us up there. And again, we said if you need help anything, again, we're not paying your bills, so don't get too excited. But if you just need a friend to go, hey, we're listening, shoot us a, an email there. Um, you can call us. We've begged for calls. Rate us, <laughs> review us. Uh, I, coming up, I've, I'm working on this. Coming up in a few weeks, uh, I'm going to do a contest. Uh, we're going to get nothing crazy, like a $20 Walmart gift card or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something everybody could use. Uh, and it's going to be call-based. You're going to have to call to win it. So I'm going to... I'm going to... You're going to force them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to contest rape the audience to make a phone call uh, with for 20 And I think a lot of people would do a lot of shit for a $20 Walmart gift card. Uh, yeah. uh, and I think phone call, very bottom of the list of shit to have to... Uh, to worry about it. I think that would be on almost everybody's yeah phone call 20 a year I'm in you gotta start somewhere so I'm gonna do that you can rate us you can review us you can check them all out um, we've also got um, here Deadbeats this is a big thing for us uh, we got a couple of these coming up but real quick I've got uh, on July 21st at Sugar Mama's the Deadbeats of Comedy in full force Sweet. we're all gonna be out there um, obviously myself uh, Bubs Harris, J.C. Ratliff, Patrick Cunningham. Again, there's rumors Kirk Keller, our number one fan, will be there. Um, I think he would literally at this point like stow away Pee Wee Herman style. I actually, that's what I want. I want to film that. I think the uh, uh, Kurt's big adventure, him trying to get here by any means necessary to catch up, would be fantastic. It, I, it has a Muppet movie feel in my head already. <laughs> So that's going to be awesome. Um, we're going to try and have an uh, episode uh, around everybody being in town with the entire deadbeats around the table. Ooh, uh, we, I don't think we have out. enough mics. I think I don't think there's enough microphones uh, to, to do it. We're going to have to figure something out. A couple shares, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to bitch up and do a couple shares. shares. But that's going to be coming up. Double up. Maybe. And uh, this is a big thing. We're going to be promoting the shit out of this. Uh, so I really want everybody to get... Uh, God dang it! Now I gotta take the glasses off. Uh, yeah, I'm such an old man. I've turned. I have turned into a sitcom dad. I have to put glasses on to read the board. Take them off to read my phone. Um, we have Fuck Fest 2018 coming oh, up. Whoa! Oh, well, huh? Now, real quick. Okay. I have a few disclaimers. Okay. I know when you hear Deadbeats of Comedy present Fuck Fest 2018. Yeah. Even if you don't know any of the Deadbeats of Comedy personally connotations run wild but here's what it really is 
Fuckfest is the feeding the urban homeless community fest that the Deadbeats throw, where we get together, we have bands, we have rappers, we have comedians, we have um, people donating uh, uh, not just money, but Pensacola, Florida, which is where the Deadbeats originate, uh, has a huge uh, homeless population, and they have a big problem with it. And so what we've done, last year was our first year, it was the inaugural uh, Fuckfest, and it was a huge success. We went down. Um, it was one again the first time all the deadbeats had ever been in one place, um, so it was uh, uh, sentimental to us in that way as well. But we raised a ton of money. We had tents. We took bottles of water, socks to these um, tent camps, these tent cities. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these uh, tent cities before, but um, it's crazy. They're 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 real in a way you can't imagine. There's a version of the one of those downtown here, uh, not really? far from us now. Yeah, if you're uh, going under the bridge towards the downtown when. Yeah. Um, my wife and I lived in Nashville. There was a huge one there, and that one started making like news through like a documentary and stuff that was going on. So, I, but I'd never seen it. I'd never drove into it and handed the man sitting there a pair of Oof. socks. And I got to do that last year. Um, Bubs and I rounded up um, all the. Uh, it was a trunk load full of shit. I mean, we took again oh, wow. um, inflatable mattresses and things they could use. Socks again. We took uh, things of that nature. Um, tents you gotta have tents in tent city you know and it's not much but we uh, also there were people there giving out food uh all day at fuckfest there were people giving um uh haircuts we had um, oh, barbers wow. and huh. um hairdressers come down and donate their time and they were um doing free haircuts and helping out we gave out food we gave out clothes it's very um, admirable very admirable it was awesome dude it was it was like i mean something i had never been a part of anything like i had never been firsthand like i had done like food drives and church-based things mm-hmm. but i'd never been firsthand i'd never been a performer an organizer a hander the person the soxer you know i had never and it it blew my mind but it was amazing and we did a lot of money so we're doing it again and so coming up it's in pensacola so again this may be specific but you know what this is something that you may want to take a vacation day go to pensacola anyway it's a great town you know hey i got a beach vacation coming up i'm gonna go to this show but fuck fest is gonna be taking place uh in pensacola this year all the deadbeats are going we've got music um i know jen snyder's gonna be there this year awesome yeah so this year we're really expanding we got two days um and so we're gonna be promoting the shit out of that coming up um but there's gonna be jen snyder john gibson um all the deadbeats, uh, more. Um, there's some great. Uh, if you like, Mike, do you like hip hop? I do. Okay, um, Terry, you you're a hip hop guy, oh, right? Oh yes, for sure. Um, I have a great recommendation, and I met this guy. Actually, two guys that I highly recommend that I met um, at Fuckfest last year. They were local artists that Bubs knew. Um, one is named Big Low. Now, Big Low nailed it for me. Big Low is awesome. So, Big Low, if you're out there, I love you. You're amazing. Um, he does real old school hip hop in the way of like um, a Wu Tang. And when I say that, when I hear Wu Tang, RZA does does that what I call organic music, where he takes a real sample from a record. And so there's an organic sound, not that sterile. And nothing wrong with that. I like the sterile beat on a computer made too. I like that sound. It has a time and place. Mm-hmm. But I prefer that organic. Um, again, a loop from a record, a real instrument over a, a rapper. I like that. And and Big Low had that. So if you guys like hip hop, love him. And the other one is Jamal Steele. He, dude, he fucked me up in a way I can't really even describe. Oh wow. Now musically, I preferred Big Low. No, no, no disrespect, Jamal. If you're out there, you're you're amazing. But um, I just like the again the type of music. But Jamal was out there and he he hit a moment in a song that was a. 
I don't even know how to describe it. So obviously he, again, as an entertainer, most entertainers to the left, he was very outspoken. I don't want to say like militant black kind of thing, but but that's that's where you would go with the thought. He was representing you know, the people. A, a, an old school Chuck D, right? Oh, right. Yeah, like in that kind of like, um, this is my message. I will deliver it full force. You will hear it, and it is smart, and it is out there, and it was in your face, right? And he was he was super smart, right? Actually, I, I met him before we went up and didn't know who he was. And my friend Patrick Cunningham, one of the deadbeats, had made a part of, had made a point about uh, do the right thing with Spike Lee's movie. And he said the the real thing about do the right thing is nobody's right. It's the most gray movie ever. Everybody's right to a degree, and everybody's wrong. Nobody is really right. Nice. And Jamal stopped his conversation, was sitting over beside his turn, and went, dude, that's the most brilliant assessment of do the right thing I've ever heard in my life. And so he, Patrick and I were just standing there smoking a joint, and it was like, what? And so out of nowhere, he and that's how we met, and I saw him later, but he, he had a moment of song where he was, again, it was very, uh, again, uh, at the time, whatever was political, it was a year ago, you know, mass shooting, school shooting, stop the black cop. And, and, you know, I'm not dissing that. It's a thing. It's just what his chosen message was at that moment. And he got to the moment where the beat stopped. And it, it I am a right-wing person, but I'm an intelligent person. Again, I don't mind a, a well-presented argument even against things I disagree with. I don't like spoken word. It's just not an art form I enjoy. He stopped everything with his spoken word moment that had me in tears. Nice. So here was a black man with a totally different experience than me. Yeah, we share a lot of things. That's true. That's what we're missing. That's what this show's about is letting us, everybody know we're more alike than we thought. But there are still things he's aware of and stigmas he deal with I don't. He has a totally different perspective from me politically. He has a totally different art form from me artistically it stopped me in my goddamn tracks and i even told him afterwards i was like dude i gotta let you know this is who i am just in a nutshell i don't like this form of art you brought me to fucking tears and we've been friends ever since on facebook super smart dude big wrestling fan like again this is somebody i enjoy talking to but again both of those guys if you like hip-hop i cannot stress enough to check those out and i met them through fuck fest so um and that was uh <laughs> Uh, I think they're all coming back this year. So look out for that. We're going to be uh, pitching that a lot. Um, it's something I love doing, and uh, I love that. But I love being here. That's something I love doing. And uh, I like to talk about things that we love doing. Yeah. And so I think you have an interesting something you like doing that interests me here, Mike. I see. You, you – correct me if I get off the rails here. You repaint toys for commission, correct? Uh, yeah. In a I've seen show. some of in your work. So, so fill me in on that. Like I said, I'm a big toy collector. We're pop culture geeks. I sure. think we share that. We, mm-hmm. we, we both tend to, again, why our friendship's based, based on a pop culture love of wrestling and comic books and comic book movies and bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. So um, you, 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 I've seen like, so if I wanted a Go Vols Optimus Prime, you could paint me a Go Vols Optimus Prime. I have actually painted a Go Balls Optimus Prime. I think that's <laughs> I think that's actually where I got the example. <laughs> right. If I recall. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. I was that, that for Jake James? It was. I figure. That's what well, it was for his, uh, a relative of his. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember the exact details. Okay. but uh, Got it. So how'd you get into that? That's crazy. Like, uh, Well, just being a fan of, of something that you have a vision in your mind. You want uh-huh. the ultimate representation of it. Um, you buy a version of it that gets close. gets damn close. Right. But they decided to save some money at the end and only put two coats of paint on it. Right. 
and you see that inner treasure that you see that gem in the rough and you can take those paints and a little a little elbow grease and a little effort and make it that ultimate vision of what it should be to where you, in your heart you're like oh that's awesome that's badass that's what it needs to be right there yeah and that's that's really all it is it's just taking something you like and just dialing it into where it's fucking perfect in your mind's eye well i'm a big comic book fan and a big toy fan and uh, i've been a toy i've worked at toy stores for years i'm a big toy guy mm-hmm. um collector for all my life and I've never been a big box collector. I am a little more now, but I was always the guy buy it, play it, enjoy it. Sure. And uh, the to me, I think it also allows you the ability. I always loved when there was like alternate outfits. Like Deadpool's now a huge hit, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen two yet. I'm fucking hating myself yet. I can't wait. But Deadpool's a big example because he did so many things. There's so many uh, at my games. My at my my job, we we sell video games, but we also sell toys and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I see a lot of these come through. And there's X Factor, Deadpool, and all this. So that also sounds like something you would have an opportunity to do with that kind of work. Do you do more of that, or do you do more of the weird like uh, UT commissions? Like which one do you tend to do more of? It's, it's typically uh, core fans that really want it to be as traditional as it can be. Got it. And got in. it. Um, every now and then I'll get some oddball requests, but it's mainly that. So, what, okay. What's the most oddball? What's the what's the one you that took you back the most where you saw it and went, oh, okay, right on, no, okay, not, whatever? Not to be redundant, but probably the Vols Optimus Prime. That yeah, was- <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I, I, I get it. See, I, I for, for me, I play Warhammer. I, I play a tabletop miniature-based game where I collect and paint two-inch models. Sure. And I love the painting moment. Mm-hmm. It's a zen moment. I get, P, I get Bob Ross. I get it. It's a zen moment. Um, I love, for me, to sit down, especially, I, I'm out of the hobby right now, but when I'm into it and I'm inspired and I bought a new unit or I'm playing a bunch and I, I want to sit and paint, I like to take either a um, movie with a director's commentary or an audio book mm-hmm. or a documentary that's well narrated, something I cannot look at. Absolutely. But I can hear. I, you take me a glass of wine. I take, roll me up one, and I go sit in there, and I'll be there all day. It's, it's just the most peaceful um, – and your passion there's nothing better mm-hmm. than and sometimes you fuck it up but there's that one moment you're getting like this one little screw that you can barely see and you're like fuck this. When you, and you're, you're you're questioning yourself you're like it's, nobody's even gonna see this and you hit it with that silver you pull it back and it shines like a goddamn diamond and you're Catches like that light. yes Bling. it's everything I thought it would be mm-hmm. it's satisfying it, it really is, is. yeah um, what's the, the your most favorite thing you've ever done what was the one that you didn't want to sell the most you were like I, I like this one I'd like I think I want to keep this. That's a good question. Um, They're all good questions. I write them. They're all good questions. <laughs> That's what you do. That's redundant. I, I wrote it, so. I, I really honestly ultimately ended up selling most of the things I've done at one point or another. Um, I, I've backed off of the selling a little bit and have started developing my own personal collection a little bit more. What do you um, paint for you? I, Marvel Legends and Transformers typically is what okay. I've, I've really recently started doing the Star Wars models. That's my new deal. That the I've, Black I've Series? Uh, not like they're Japanese Bandai models, actually. They're the ships. <sighs> okay. Specifically. Okay. And they're like this scale that they're matching each other. And they're really super detailed. Huh. Really nice. Groovy. I dig it. Um, the Black Series is nice. Um, again, this is, is a little inside toy baseball. But have you um, have you ever done any of the Funko Pops? No, I'm not. I don't really feel the Funko Pops too okay. much. Okay, that's a huge it's, thing it's right massive. now. Massive. Painting those things can, is a big thing. You can go thing. them to see. Uh, you know, you can buy them at Walmart now. They're that. Oh big. yeah, we <laughs> we sell tons of them. But um, uh, the the repainting of them in what you do that's a huge scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you may want to even hmm. artistically be like, I wouldn't eat this, but I'll cook it for you. Definitely, so you may want to take a look. And there, to me, I think that would be easy because there's no fine. It's 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 a potato. It like is. I mean, it's a giant <laughs> potato. It's not like. At first, when I first saw them, 
there was a few come out. I was working in a shoe store that happened to sell a few novelty items. We sold a couple. There were nothing. I'd never heard of it. We would get like some X-Men, some Batman, mm. and that's about it. And I was like, oh, these are cute. And then they just were every fucking wear. And, and the problem is you can't collect them all because they're like, oh, God, there's another series of X-Men. I'll never get them all. Um, I think one of the problems, I, my wife and I collect a few. Like, I'll buy her a Daryl from Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I've bought her Supernatural um, and a few random ones. But um, I mean, they make everything. Oh, my it's God. It's insane. Sports. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, they make sports, everything. And they make a thousand versions of everything that's mm-hmm. popular. Um, and some of these go for, I watched a, a, do, a little top ten list um, about the most expensive pops. And apparently they did a um, Willy Wonka, I think, that was only given to like ten people at a pop festival, and they've I never got a been golden. Yeah, ticket. and they've never. Well, that's how you got in. You had to get a golden ticket. Oh, wow. well, you bought. You bought. <laughs> that's a, that's what they they your tickets to this festival. This. Funko Fest, not to be confused with Fuck Fest, which will be coming up uh, August 17th and 18th, uh, but uh, Funk Fest, Funko Fest, um, and like 10 of the, or like six of them, and the rest went to Funko um, employees, um, got a golden ticket, and they won this pop, and they've never been sold, but there's mm-hmm. only 10 of them in existence. Wow. So they're ranking them at the most priceless ever because it could go for anything. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like, uh, to me, the funny thing is they've got a, such a distinctive art style. Not everything suits it. Some things look better than others. True, I like um, if you take like Wolverine into him. He's cute. It's funny. Yeah. Um, if you do a Family Guy Funko Pops, it just looks like Family Guy. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's a big part of it. But I'm a big toy guy. I love. Uh, I always have. Um, and so I think that's awesome. I always thought it was neat when I first met you and you were you know painting the trans. Now you you said you do Marvel Legends. I, I Transformers tend to be the most popular. Is that what most people want? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the, the Marvel characters, the DC characters, there's well-established artists in the medium, so right. to speak. And, uh, and there's a huge variety. You can get mm-hmm. Batman 400,000 sure. ways. Less you can only get Optimus Prime like about 10. Sure. So, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been asked for a toy that you couldn't find? Mm, no. If it's the case where I don't have access to it, typically... Uh, the client will find it on their own and send it to me if possible. Oh, okay, okay. I was about that's to ask, a, a thing do you happen. just include that like the same way you would include uh, you know, art supplies as an overhead? Sure, that's, so absolutely. That would be neat. Um, has anybody ever thrown something at you where you just turned down and you were like, I'm not. Like like tattoo artists talk about they won't tattoo fingers. Is there anything where you're like, I will not know? No, not so much. I'll, I'll get do you have a line? Shot. What do you think your line would be? I don't know. I'm going to have to give a nod to you here and say maybe truly those tiny, tiny miniatures. I, I, I don't have the, the skill set to really get on that magnified oh, level. Of those no, tiny, I don't do the magnifier. Tiny guys. Oh, My Warhammer figure is about two inches. Um, uh, think Steve Carell and the 40-year-old virgin. They're about mm. the size of what he was holding. <laughs> but um, I don't use a magnifying glass. Um, it, it's not as hard as you think. Like It's one of those things where you, you when you're doing eyeballs, I literally take a toothpick, dip it in paint, poke the eyeball, and it's just like boop. And that's it. And so it's not hard. I don't do the magnifying glass. I know people that do go crazy with it. Uh, I would say I'm a, a my Warhammer level. They have what's it called like tabletop and then like master class. I would be uh, above average. Mine is good. Mine, mine is good. It's good. I, some pieces are like, wow, that one's great. But overall, I'm I'm a good painter. Do you have like an online gallery of stuff that you? Uh, uh, that you yeah, somewhere I'll have to look and see what I can pull up. Uh, but yeah, I will. I I, and I love doing it. I I really do. And again, I make my own terrain, my own uh, set pieces. So I love doing that, taking styrofoam and turning it into a uh, hoth-like Arctic wasteland with a frozen river made from clear glue that dries. And awesome. so I, oh yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> Hang, having um, uh, uh, 
the glue drip from a, a tree branch so it looks like an uh, icicle I, I love that shit so i'm a big fan of that i took one i've got um i play space wolves which are like space vikings it's it's a whole like super nerd like backstory but my my models again aesthetically i like them they're um again uh stormtrooper viking soldiers right mm-hmm. and they ride these giant wolves into battle so i've got these models on awesome. giant wolves oh it's aesthetically awesome <laughs> See, that's the thing with Warhammer. There are tons of different armies. You decide what you want to play. There are, like, space elves that have, like, Jedi powers. Um, and they're, like, these autonomous robots that are, like, the Terminator skeleton army. And you've got super soldiers. And you've got, you know, orcs and tyranids, which are basically starship trooper bugs. So everybody can kind of choose their own. I chose space Vikings. Duh. I mean, honestly, like... <laughs> And, and what there are is there are space marines and different space marine chapters. And so these are basically the good guy, the, the stormtroopers that are super in, in, head, in, in super enhanced soldiers, you know, like genetically enhanced. And so that's the pulp. And there's tons of books in the, this world as well. So for sci-fi lovers, even if you don't love the, the game itself, there's a, a world that's great. Some video games, Space Marine. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. That's that's I, I play a version of Space Marines. That's Ultramarines. That's the the Buzz Lightyear Super Soldiers. And then there's like one that's a, a blood cursed vampire. And we all have different things. I play fucking Space Vikings. So when did Warhammer really? When did it come out? When did it really start uh, to catch? Eighties. Okay, so the backstory. Funny enough, um, for D and D lovers, they used to Which have I am. the. Okay, you're familiar with the miniatures. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever uses them. I mean, just in general. I mean, they're not something commonly used. It's more popular now, but back when more I was bit, playing... It's more of just a general marker. It's, right. It's not your not Well, when I was playing, uh, I, nobody used them, and then I see them more popular now. But the guys back then um, used to play, because before Warhammer 40K, 40,000, which is what I play, it's the mm-hmm. sci-fi version, which is, takes place in the year 40,000. So it's, it's just laser pistols. Um, there was Warhammer, which is a high fantasy. It's a Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's the that aspect. Mm-hmm. That was first, and it came from a bunch of kids who played D anD D and wanted to come up with a game with their models huh. because they didn't use the models, so they created Warhammer Fantasy. It's what we call basically. We typically the lingo is fantasy and forty k. Fantasy is the D anD D setting. Forty k is the Star Wars setting. Nice. And it's very Star Warsian in lore. The great emperor slayed by his right hand man. I mean, it's it's very Star Warsian. There's a curse that took over and and corrupted half the armies, and so that's basically what went on there. And so um, that's the thing. And, and and in the Space Marines, which are stormtroopers, again, basically, there are um, divisions of different chapters. The 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 gene seed that it's genetically enhanced with comes out different ones. Forty K come out in the eighties. Fantasy came out in the late 70s. It's been around longer. Um, I've never played Fantasy. I like it. I couldn't afford another hobby. I mean, it's expensive. It can be. I wouldn't have thought it went and, back to the 70s. That's yeah, cool. yeah, because it was D&D guys in the beginning that wanted a bigger game with their model. And then, again, they came up with the sci-fi version in the 80s because it just celebrated uh, 35th anniversary not too long back, I believe. Um, and I got into it, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago, and I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's beer and pretzels, you know, hanging out with my friends, smoking a bunch, drinking some beer, mm-hmm. bullshitting, rolling dice, showing off models. You know, it's a healthy thing. It's not. So I, I love it. And, again, I, I've been a big fan for years, but I've, I've about to say I got a model of a, a big space Viking because they don't wear helmets, so hair and fangs and beards are everywhere. Oh, again, what a surprise. <laughs> and he's riding this giant wolf into battle. I had a leftover orc. 
and I melted it in half with a paper clip. And so I've got him literally just slicing this guy in half, sitting on the base. So you make these mini dioramas with him. Do you do that with your stuff, or do you just paint the figure and give it as it is? Have you ever done, like, base placement? Have you I'm ever thought not, of that? Not so much. It's the stuff make I paint. more of a statue? A little, a little on the larger size. Sometimes it'll come with a stand or something like that. You can sort of gussy up a little bit, if you will. But as, as far as the, the, the scenes and the big placement like that, they're a little bit too large for that. Back oh, in the no. day, I oh, know, no, like they're the not. GI Joes. Well, you're right. Um, there are Warhammer models that are three feet tall. Wow. Those are called Titans. That's a big thing. That's for a game called Apocalypse. But even in the standard game, they now have what's called Super Heavies that are this tall. Hmm. Uh, are in the 13-inch range. They're Barbie size, easy, maybe a little bigger. Um, so, And they make bases for those to stand on. So you'd be surprised. You, you can actually get bases for that big. And it's not... Again, I make my own terrain. You'd be amazed at what, like, one rock and a few, like, paint brush, bris, paint brush bristles standing out to look like just foliage. It's it's so glue and some sand. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it doesn't take much. You'd be amazed. Nice. And it really does make some of that stuff pop. So you may want to, again, look into some of that for commissions. Yeah, we have a huge wall, basically, at the, at the house. It's just a massive wall of figures. And they're all posed oh, up in their tweaked-out poses it. and all that. That's, that's about it. as far as that goes. That's really where I'm at now. I'm not playing too much, but I'm displaying my collection out where I can. And, again, I have some nice pieces that I'm real proud of. Um, and so I do enjoy that. I'm going to tell you what else I enjoy. I like questions. And I like answers. I see. And I like countdowns. Hmm. And I have come up with a great way that I like to wind down episodes as we go called the five to drive there are five questions to drive this episode home and i'm gonna have fun with you we're gonna have a lot of fun and so here's what we do mike we because we've had a lot of fun this has been absolutely great and uh this is i i love again countdowns top five this top five that you know so i watch those youtube videos all the time and i love the inside the actor studio i'm a huge fan of james lipton and i love his questionnaire what sound do you love <laughs> what sound do you hate and i didn't want to steal it blatantly so i stole it slightly undercover and i do this with every guest and we have fun discussions about topics and stuff and i love this and we start with a countdown and I pick it specifically for each guest. And for those of you who don't know, Mike was originally supposed to be guest day one, and scheduling didn't work out. And so I've been trying to get him back ever since. This was the first five to drive questionnaire oh, ever wow. written. Hmm. I've, ha I've had it all along. I've had it all along. So, it's like a Tarantino movie. Um, yeah. yeah. I've been waiting to use this. So so what we do is we start with a top five. And I write my own. Again, I've had my own list all this long because I like to share them. And I, I, I have to answer it myself. Can I answer this question? If it's not, it's a dumb question. <laughs> so... This will be fun for you because you like toys. Um, I do. So we're going to start with that. I'm but, terrible um, at trivia, though. I'm just going to uh, It's not trivia. These are all questions. <laughs> These are, it's not trivia. It's more like a, your top five. So it's you get to pick your choices. So if you only know five, that works out perfect. But before we do, I want to always give you a chance. Plug uh, plug anything you got going up. Give the restaurant. If you want to give your uh, website where you do commissions, people want to find out how to get it commissioned, go Vols, Roll Tide, uh, Megatron, Optimus Prime, you know, uh, diorama setup. Uh, so what do you got going on? Where can we find you? Where can we keep up with what you're doing? Uh, Michael Doherty on Facebook, of course. Uh, Icon Studios is the working name for commissions. Icon I've, Studios. Uh, fallen off a little bit on that in the past year or two, but um, maybe maybe we get you some uh, work here. Absolutely, I'm uh, I'm pushing that actually the past couple weeks. I'm getting back in touch with that a little bit more. So Icon Studios is the name there. And we got Maple Hall, which is here in Knoxville. Where is that located in Knoxville? That is on Gay Street. Oh, so in right the downtown. Parts of downtown. Oh, great. So to go to a show at the Bijou, swing in there, grab a burger, head out later. That's great. Absolutely. So uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have some fun. I want your top five 
all-time favorite toy lines. Specific toy lines that you absolutely love. So it doesn't have to be like this particular toy, but I love this whole run. Sure. What was this? And again, with some toys, there's a lot of generational, so be specific. But no order, just whatever. Yeah, no What's your order. top five all-time favorite toys? Uh, Star Wars. Uh, are we talking Obviously. 80? Are we talking, talking the original talking, Kenner? Well, I've, I've had, you know, two two eras as a kid. You had those little small guys at 3.75 inch, and that's, that's what we had. And, yep. And by golly, we loved them. Uh, that's on my list. Uh, you know, now I'll go with the Star Wars Black, the more uh, sophisticated, articulated okay. sculpts. So uh, I'm going to put those 50-50. You know, okay, that's fine. Young, that's fine. We take them. <coughs> so, okay. That's good. That's good. And then again, the 80s on my list. So that's definitely it. Uh, Transformers. Near and dear to my heart. Probably I my favorite collection. Yep. That's actually the inspiration for the question, so I knew it would be. Uh, 80s uh, is where it started. That's my vision of the characters, but they've recently updated those characters with modern technology. So you get the old characters. They look cool now. They're updated. They look awesome. That's where I'm at. I don't like the Michael Bay movies. Fuck the Michael Bay movies. <laughs> I've only seen like the first one, oh, I think. Geez. Oh, my Here's the deal, though, and this may come as a surprise. Not a big Transformer guy. Yeah, I don't disrespect him. I just I was never into the cartoon. Like sure. I dug it. Um, I was never into the cartoon. I was I, I owned a handful of Transformers, maybe five, honestly. Um, so never a big fan. Oh, excuse me there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had the belts. Uh, Red Bull makes my gasser. Podcast um, gold. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, um, but I just never a big Transformer fan. And honestly, I have to say, now this dude this gets kicked in ball in the balls in certain circles. I would probably have preferred GoBots, and I was not a huge fan of them either. They came out first. Yeah, but I, most likely, I would like the GoBots better if I really set and wanted to like one. So, go uh, Transformers not on my list, but I knew it would be yours and would be on a lot of people's. I mean, so the Michael Bay movies didn't piss me off because I didn't uh, have that much uh, to. Uh, it didn't do that much for soul. me. I know, I know, I get it. Uh, but be surprised if you like those movies with all the cheese you like. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I saw the first one and I was like, it's okay. I honestly didn't like the way the robots looked. There was two robots. In, in the old show or toys, when Optimus Prime transformed, I still saw truck. Yeah, the truck chest. And so, that's what was cool about it. It's like, oh, you got wings, the but they're movie, doors. Whoa, in the new cool. movie, nothing looked like it was supposed to. It was too much, and I, did, I didn't enjoy that. Um, I did remember. I do remember seeing the Transformer movie in movie theater as a kid. Did I you, did see did that. Did you cry when Optimus Prime died? I don't think so. There are generations and, of kids that no, 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 I get up it. by that movie. And look, I'm a crier. <laughs> I cried. Okay, I cried in the Muppets Take Manhattan mm-hmm. when Kermit and Piggy got married. I cry. I still cry to be honest when I see that. I cry when they split up and they sing. It's time for saying goodbye. Like I cry then. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I've said this on air multiple times. Ernest saves camp. Oh, dude, when when he sings to Speedy, dude, I'm a waterworks still to this day. If gee, I'm glad it's raining comes on, I'm I'm out right. So, but no, I didn't at that moment because I didn't have an emotional attachment. Sure, uh, but I do remember going and liking it was good. I mean, I was a big Jug Nelson fan, so I had to go see him as Hot Rod. Uh, is is that is that horrible? No, what no, no. what kind of Bobby Hill ass kid am I? That really that that my motivation to go see the Transformers movie was Judd Nelson was a voice in it. Two Ds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you watch the Goldbergs? The show the Goldbergs. Uh, no, I do not. It's very good. Ah. I highly recommend it. Very funny. Adam Goldberg is brilliant. And it's one of those Wonder Years things mm. where he looks back. And he was a kid of the 80s. So he's a big Transformer fan. And it's filled with great um, uh, 
shit. Uh, references, movies. He's got Goonies posters. La- the last episode I watched uh, referenced Real Genius. So nice. it's great. And tons of Transformer references and that stuff. So it's actually good. And Patton Oswald is the narrator. He's the Daniel Stern of this Wonder Years. Um, great cast. Highly recommend it. But it especially for an 80s kid, there's a ton of references to things that just don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's good. That's good. That's I'm good. Definitely that. Okay. So let's let's get start back. We got Star Wars. Got Star we'll Wars. go the two episodes, two yeah. or two issues. We'll give the the split. We've definitely got Transformers. We got GI Joe. GI Joe. Near cool. and dear to yep. my heart. Very classic to me. That's um, on my list. Interesting to me now how it's very poignant for now. I mean, it's a it's a an American terrorist organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it really is. American yeah. terrorist, and uh, um, by the way, a multi. Uh, faceted group fighting them, you know, characters all over the world. When I was um, a kid, G.I. Joe's huge for me. That's on my list. G.I. Joe's and, and Star Wars. The originals, Kenner, uh, three and a quarter, are, mm-hmm. are my, those two are, would be one and two, probably just a tie for first and would skip to third place hands down mm-hmm. and the best thing to ever do was put G.I. Joe's in Star Wars vehicles that's the greatest goddamn feeling I like I mean that's that's better than butt sex I mean that is like that's the best feeling ever um, and so I those those are big for me I remember seeing my first G.I. Joe I was a, a, a big 80s um, action movie kid I mm-hmm. loved that shit um, like have you played Just Cause 3 I have I loved movies that were like Just Cause 3 right mm-hmm. and that's always how I sell it at work I go look imagine and, and, and uh, correct me if this is wrong <laughs> Imagine an 80s Chuck Norris action movie starring the most interesting man in the world. As if he was telling you one of his most interesting man in the world stories, it would be Just Cause 3. And then you get to play it. (laughs) So I love those kind of movies and stuff like that. Um, And so G.I. Joe was an expansion of that for me. It was not that far off from, you know, American Ninja and Best of the Best. And I remember getting my first. I remember where I was. I know the store. I I know where I was. I know the first one I bought. I I always bought them based on the amount of gear they came with. And Breaker, first one I ever bought. He had the backpack that connected to his helmet. He had the cool beard. I was in. And that's the first one I ever bought. I think Flash was mine. Uh, that's laser flash specialist. is up there. Oh yeah. Oh like yeah. 1982 laser gun specialist. Yeah, what? What? What's I, a laser gun? <laughs> I think. I think the peak for me was probably that series two to four. Um, mm-hmm. they because the first ones are fairly shitty when you look back the quality is shitty second generation comes out you get the new snake eyes you get the 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 new kung fu grip holy dick you got fucking rob lifefield patches everywhere (laughs) i mean like it's amazing i loved it um and then like i said the next few seasons were great and then they start getting that weird toxic crusaders where they're literally just repainting old figures i like some of that the tiger force was cool Everything's neon yeah i like the you know the tiger force where they painted it in desert camo and you're like great ah cool so there was some of that i liked but they started just going to a point where they get dumb but that peak years uh that's like seeing my first boob i mean it's just such a memory i love it yeah love it. A cobra yeah uh, me one? yeah uh dreadnoughts Draw Dreadnought, Zartan and the boys. All right. All right. Look at me. <laughs> you got three chances to get recruited. Uh, Where do you think I'm going? Sleeveless shirts, beards, ponytails? You're driving the Are you machine. kidding me? Yeah, no way out. Um, uh, We did with uh, Waylon Whiskey. His top five was top five G.I. Joe's. And uh, so we did Whale and Whiskey, Top 5 G.I. Joe's, and Buzzer was on my list. Just the chainsaw, the, the Barry Windham ponytail, <laughs> the fucking sleeve. I, I loved it. I loved it. So I would, I would go Dreadnoughts. That's my favorite. So uh, great list so far. I'm down. The old Transformers I don't get, but I respect the shit out of it. So great list so far. All right. What uh, we got? What do we got? Star Wars? We yep. got 
Transformers. We got GI Joe. It's the heart of the eighties. We're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, oh yeah. I'm there. I mean, you're you're literally t- hitting my childhood. Every one of these. Masters of the Universe. Okay, okay. That was an honorable mention on mine. Mm. So that was good. He Man was I, brilliant, brilliant. It gets on my list just because when it was out, when I was a kid in like '82, I think is when it was really hitting its stride. I, I I cared about it so much that now I look at it it's like what a bunch of horse shit. Like He Man, Beast Man, Merman. It. Oh, it's yeah. like what a crock yeah. of shit. Again, but like dude, man, I loved it. It was awesome. I loved it in the way I loved Gallagher. You know, it was so cheesy. But I loved Conan the Barbarian. And so to me, they were Conan figures. Mm-hmm. I loved such a... Nothing looked like that. Um, have you watched the documentary Toys That Made Us? Love it. Love Dude, it. it's great. Have you um, watched it, Terry? Season 2 comes no, out on I the know. 25th. <laughs> um, I they're, they're brilliant. It's a documentary about toys and the backgrounds. Um, in the first season on Netflix, they did Barbie. Uh, what did they do? Barbie, He-Man, Star Wars, and G.I. Joe? Isn't that the yep. four? Mm-hmm. Yep. Big four. Um, and so it was great. It literally was great stories, how everything worked. That Star um, Wars one especially. I, I yeah. might have even teared up a little bit when, they, when they're going around uh, yeah. the old offices when they're like 70. Um, I'm like, this is where we used to sit when you made the Millennium Falcon. I was like, what? There's a whole documentary just about Star Wars toys called Plastic Universe. Have you seen it? I have not. But Very I'm good going as to well. watch it. No. Very good. It, it, it's, it's it's imagine two hours of that episode. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and it, they even um, the guy who made a lot of the toys has a lot of the bootlegs, and he has a whole collection of those he likes to show off. <laughs> nice. So uh, He Man would be an honorable mention for me, and plus it's so unique. No figure looked like that. That's true. There's nothing. It was so the swinging thing in the middle. Um, I loved the I, again space Viking. I loved the barbarian, you know, loincloth. I loved the big. They look like wrestlers. So they they were brilliant. That was an honorable mention on mine. That was actually when I make these, I usually cut it down to like ten and then start going who's better. So He Man's in my top ten easy. Um, and I had a ton of He Man. Do my son plays with them now? Do you know how awesome? I mean, like, That's cool. I know none of you guys have kids. Uh, Terry, I, I know you have a step uh, daughter. Uh, correct? I have yes, a daughter. Sir. You have a daughter? I have a daughter. Do I do I not know this? Uh, I don't know. I know we didn't talk about it, but I did not know that. <laughs> My honestly, how old's your daughter? She is uh, eighteen now. Okay, awesome. I I had no clue, man. That was that's that's out of nowhere. I guess I've just never come up in conversation. It's, it's not been a chapter in my life. We we would have crossed over from what we're doing. Got it, so, got it, uh, got it. Okay, well yeah. maybe that's that's a reason for episode two. We'll bring you back. We'll go into that. <laughs> that's a story all on its own. Didn't mean to derail no, your. No, no, I, 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 really a shock. I feel almost like a shitty friend, no, but no, you know, I mean, like no, no. it does happen. You're amazed sometimes. You're like you you're married. I didn't right, right. <laughs> but um. So if you have kids, those moments where um, you find stuff, like I, I find my old toys. My son plays with a lot of shit, and I find mm. He-Man in the bathtub, nice. and I find G.I. Joe's in the floor, and the moment he got my old Star Wars toys, um, I, dude, I was at work and bald. My wife, I've still got all the old head cases, the 3PO <laughs> and Darth nice. Vader head cases. You know those? Definitely. So I've got them full. And again, they're not mint. They're played with and they're chewed <laughs> and they're they're fucked beyond capacity. But my mom was super cool. My mom never threw anything away. Every toy I've ever owned that still exists still exists at my house. If we didn't sell it in a yard sale once every decade or it didn't get destroyed, it's still in my house to this day. Nice. Which is awesome. Her her my grandfather apparently threw away a bunch of Barbies and so she's got some kind of like tick about it now. So she she went crazy. <laughs> Peggy Hill goes crazy over the spectrum to the other side. <laughs> the pendulum swings too far, but plays well for me. So my wife sends me a text one day filled with pictures and she said, Hey, I decided Silas found these and wanted them and his Mimi offered to help clean them off, but he said, No, they're mine. I'll oh. do it. He was so proud of it. And she <laughs> sends me pictures of all these like the old Star Wars and there's about five to eight heads laid out toys everywhere 
And, dude, I just started bawling. And he's just smiling like oh, Christmas. Cool. Oh, dude, it's great. Super cool. And so I've got a ton of He-Men around my house uh, and G.I. Joe. So most of your list is actually in my living room floor at the moment. So I think we got one more. Let's count them back. We've got Star Wars, both generations. Yep. We have Transformers. We have G.I. Joe. We've got He-Man. We do. What's that fifth place number? Who's the fifth spot on your top five favorite oh, man, toys? There's so many. I know it's hard. This there's was a hard so one. So many. Yeah, this was hard. But not that hard for me to pick. I'm going to have to go with Marvel Legends. Okay, the the newer ones that are out where you yeah. build a figure. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. I mean, they started. Not all of them have that, but though that's what I think because we sell them at work. Uh, where if you buy like out of a series of six, five of them will come with a body part where you can make a villain. A little cheap, a little yeah. cheap. Sometimes you got to f- buy figures you don't have any interest in just to yep. get the arm, the arm or whatever. Yeah. But it, uh, on one hand, it's brilliant marketing. On the other, it's fuck you. I but think I, I have the it. first generation <laughs> Angel from mm, that line. Nice. Uh, and again, my son plays with it. Angel's my all-time favorite comic book character. Oh, really? Kind of an odd choice. I get it. Um, oh, I think I think it's easy to be a Wolverine fan. It takes work uh, and love I, and devotion I, to be an Angel fan. It does. You, you know, got to. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love him. He's my all-time favorite. I, Archangel's okay, but I prefer Angel. But my son has, I think, the first generation Legends from that so were you reading the comics when he went from angel into archangel yes did that fuck you up yeah at the time so it to me i equate it a lot like tim burton's batman at the time i thought it was the greatest thing ever now looking back with an adult taste i go i'm not as impressed so at the time (laughs) i was like holy shit um but that one hit it hit me quick i was like wow and then i was like "Mm, i miss the old way and so i'm glad i got that back i i know it's dumb but i always loved his uniform i always thought it was cool i thought it was great I like the character on a team, and this is pretty much for any trope, whether it's a movie, comic book. I like the character on a team that has a specialty niche, and you always kind of, it's easy to be the guy that runs in blowing laser beams out of your eyes. I want the guy that runs up to catch the falling debris or something. I've always liked that. That's why in D&D, I've always been, I tend to be a halfling thief. I like pulling that, hey, watch me pick this guy's pocket, I'll get the key, we'll get there. I like that just one moment where you go, why are you here again? Oh, yeah. And so Angel, to me, is the epitome of that. I, I was always thinking, I like that. Yeah. I like the aesthetically. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, that's, a, that's a big thing for me, too. Um, in Warhammer, for example, you can pick your army. I know a lot of people are like, this is the toughest army at the moment because of the rule set, so I'm picking this. They go too for me, at. I choose what's aesthetically cool. If I don't like the model, I can't play the army. And so, for me, Angel, hugely aesthetically awesome. That's just I always loved the the red or the blue with the white stripe and the single halo in the middle, the weird little half face hair popping out. Right. <laughs> I just I always thought it was awesome. And, and so I I like the the millionaire playboy. So that's a big thing for me. But nice. um, so that's uh when he wanted to play with that one too, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give that one to you. It looks good on the shelf, but okay. Daddy's little angel. But the Marvel's oh. Legends are great. So that is an excellent list. That is fantastic. Uh, the Marvel's Legends are great. We do a ton of those at work. Um, and they're nice. I think they're overpriced. They're uh, uh, 20 bucks. I don't know. It's, it's, like, a, it's like an articulated statue. The, the sculpting that's true. is so nice that's that true. it's like a statue you can pose. So I, don't know. I guess. Uh, art, if you will. I guess I'm I still. I'm such an old man. It's the Hank Hill in me. Bobby grew up to be Hank Hill. Mm-hmm. And so it's the. When I was your age, $5 for an action figure was. <laughs> so I, to me, it's in the 10, 15 range at best. You know, or G.I. Like, Joe's when we were coming up, like a buck 98. I remember them as cheap as three something. I don't think I remember. And I, I bought Generation 1, the, the I guess day one. But I remember in the $3 range. And I remember them going up towards six, five and some change. So I remember about 350 ish to five, almost six. So why are Hot Wheels still $1? 
I have no fucking clue. <laughs> How did Marvel Legends go from like nine dollars in two thousand yeah. to twenty dollars now? And Hot Wheels still a buck. I don't know. We even have collectors Hot Wheels. We've been selling at work the fiftieth anniversary, I think it is, and there there's a, there's six of them, and uh, obviously they're not too hard to get because we get them all the time. But they're still a dollar ninety nine, and they're like some collector's edition. I don't know. They're made out like metal. I mean, what Dude. the fuck? <laughs> all right. Before I before I give you my top five, and uh, see yes. your take on that, I'll, I'll tell you a funny Hot Wheels story. I used to work at a toy store that no longer exists, KB Toys. Mm. I'm sure you're all familiar. There's yeah. a resurgence I'm hearing. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, but um, I used to work there. And um, the old men that would come and get Hot Wheels was the craziest <laughs> fucking Walking Dead phenomenon. They would know what day they got there. And they'd be waiting at the gate. Just like, <laughs> and you, we just would dump them in dump bins. And for, for people that don't speak toy store, a dump bin is a big barrel. And I just throw shit in it. And you, it's the $5 movie bin. That's a dump bin. They're if bent you, over at the waist, churning oh through God. it. And it's like... <laughs> You fucking vultures. And that's the thing with me anyway. Like, (laughs) even as a retail employee for the last 25 years, I cannot stand somebody waiting on me to unlock the door. That is the most, it's just like, can you give me 10 minutes? Let let me unlock the door. Go back. Let me walk away. And then you come in. Can we do that, please? It drives me nuts. It's even worse when you're like accosted the parking lot. Hey, you guys open? No. <laughs> Did you get your truck today? Did the truck come in today? Oh, dude. <laughs> they, they, they would do it. They, they were like zombies at a gate. I mean, it was it was the craziest thing. They really were. Uh, so and I never understood it. And then I think those wane. I think they come and go. I think there's moments where um, uh, the Hot Wheel craze is here and then it's done. And so I, I don't know why that is, but uh, they do. So. All right, so this is my list. Let's hear it. Let's go. I wrote it down. So obviously Star Wars, and yep. there's there's no question. I had the 13 inches. I had them all, but the three and a quarter Kenner, the original. Hey, mail these, give us money, and we'll send you some toys later. Those are the best. And the so vehicles. The, I always thought the vehicles. You could put them in the vehicles. That was what's so cool about the small guys. Yeah. You could interact them and put them in yeah. the pilots. In the yeah, vehicles, so. dude. Even like the X, uh, the the Y wing, which again floats around my house to this day. <laughs> you could put the R two unit in the back. Awesome. You know, oh, that was so cool. You can, and you could switch it out. You could be like. I'm going to put RD4 uh, here. I'm going, going crazy. So I love that. G.I. Joe, again, um, I was the, the 12-inch G.I. Joes are before my time. Me too. Me too. That was my brother's era. I, so I, I respect them. And I was working at the toy stores when the, the remake started to come out. The collectors, World War II and the, the mm-hmm. brown box. Um, but the the three and a quarter, again, the original. Uh, I guess that's ta- that Yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. Dude, and I love like gung-ho. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, the <laughs> roadblock make you some fuck, gumbo. <sighs> love them. And again, the more crazy shit the better dude doc came with a stretcher i was like a stretcher like fucking, <laughs> oh my god and uh the one dude come with a whole goddamn canoe you know like i that, that was the craziest shit for me i was um, showing a jamie dr mindbender the, actually just yesterday i was uh, like Here, she saw a modern figure but i was like that uh, looks really cool here's what he originally looked like right like the, the metal suspenders with no shirt and oh the yeah cod piece and the, the, purple the plastic like, the purple that's um Huh. What's the uh, the the vertigo? No, um, the the GI Joe Terry. You may have to pull something up here, Terry. Oh, uh, you may have to go to work. I never do this to Terry. I never pull oh, a jewelry. Hypno, it's not hypno. Uh, but that something like that. Um, there's a, a GI Joe who hypnotizes. Um, or you can look here. This you can look. You can look up GI Joe created by Stephen King. Yep. Yep, yep, Stephen King created this GI Joe. I can't, and I had it. I remember having crystal it. Ball. Uh, crystal, crystal ball, crystal ball, crystal ball. That's it. Crystal ball. Uh, it was Terry did good though. He 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 tied you on that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Stephen King created this guy. He the shield he has had one of those like baseball card holograms, so you could turn it and it would kind of shimmer at you. But yeah, Stephen King uh, created this guy. 
It was uh, uh, one of those weird things. But I love that. The weirder, the better. Raptor oh, that's had the be weird. One, yeah. yeah. So they got crazy. One came with a crocodile, Crocmaster. Crocmaster. Yeah. Cobra Security Specials. Uh, yeah. Oh. I love that shit. Zartan with his dumpster. <laughs> ah. Zartan's one of my favorites. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. The changing of the color. Mm, so cool. So awesome. So that was, that was a big one for me. Uh, my friend uh, and I, Eric, we were kids. We would... The amount of fucking buried G.I. Joe's in the backyard is ridiculous. And I loved it. Um, the one that got away. The USS Flag. Oh, yeah. Everybody wanted it. About the size of this table, if I'm not Seven mistaken. foot. It's seven foot. And at the time, my mom was like, it is seven feet long. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> and so at the time, I was like, oh, it's, it, there's no, come on, it'll go right. And now, as an adult, with some semblance of distance and space, you go, yeah, that was retarded. I just, I don't blame her. There's you could no park way. the jets on it. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. So for me, again, Star Wars and G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. easy top. There's no question. The third uh, that came to me instantly, Mask. I fucking loved Mask. It was just so genius. Push a button, boom, blazer to tank. Then a Camaro, the door remains. Then you got a flying fucking Camaro. What? Dude, the motorcycles were my favorite. I, I, again, obviously not a stretch to think I love bikes and biker culture, but the motorcycles were awesome. One turned to a helicopter, one turned to a jet. Fucking one had a sidecar that would launch out as a boat. Oh, it was awesome. I no seatbelts, though. No seatbelts on any of them. It was very, the 80s. Seatbelts <laughs> belts weren't invented yet. Uh, it was the, the 80s. Um, but I, I loved it. I just thought it was so cool. Uh, it was such a unique, again, thing. Uh, I'd like to see a resurgence on that. I'd love to see him come out with a new... Now you talk about a Michael Bay mask movie? Let's talk, man. I think that could be something. I want to see that. Um, the For me, uh, I, this was a good one. The 80s, uh, I think it's Toy Biz. No, the uh, Kenner. Kenner Superpowers. Uh, yes. I oh, think yeah. that was such an amazing line. The pre-Marvel Legends. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they did everybody. And, like, you'd squeeze Aquaman's le- arms and his feet would move. Everybody <laughs> loved those back in the day. Oh, dude, I mean, they were was... great. And to me, that's typically... My favorite DC comic aesthetic is that era. Mm. My favorite Batman is blue and gray, yellow shield. My favorite Shazam is red and gold, uh, half cape. Mm. My favorite Plastic Man is well, Plastic Man. He only ever has one look. <laughs> but and Plastic Man is one of my all-time favorite characters. He gets no love. I love. Plastic He's got a resurgence in the comics right now. Nice, He's really. See, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't read anymore. I, I don't. I don't keep up unless it's like, oh, they're doing New Fifty Two. Oh, here's what New Fifty Two is, and I hear some hubbub. Mm. But I don't really keep up anymore. But I, I do love Plastic Man. My, my, probably my favorite member of the Justice League easily, uh, and would be. I'll, I'll go out if I had to do a top five comic book characters. Plastic Man would be in my five. There's no question. So I, I love uh, Elo Brian. I was going to Elo Brian, yep. Um, and then last one, I know this one's a really crazy one, but only few will get it. My fifth place, top five toy lines, Muscle. Ah, yes. I muscle. loved. Right. Are you familiar on this one, Terry? I am not. Ah. <laughs> well, you like these, the miniature, so that makes even yes, more sense. Yes, the crazy Japanese. It's, it's M-U-S. It's all spelled out, capitals, like, a, like an anagram. Because it is. I don't know what it stands for. It's something crazy. But they were tiny two inch i guess three to four maybe um rubber wrestlers there was no articulation there's no color they're the most boring toy ever but they're as far as like aesthetics but they were just these crazy luchador sort of and it got quite space yeah (laughs) it it, it was it's it's based in anime which i hate anime but i love this it's based in anime so it's got these weird japanese connotations um uh, a distinctive japanese art style and they had cartoons and comic books but the figures are again they're they're 
Yeah, that's there we go. That's yep. And and so they they have no articulation. They're about two inches tall. Um, and they're uh, fairly retarded when you really break it down. <laughs> well, maybe there's a market but, to paint those. Look at uh, all that unpainted yeah. plastic. Dude, right I there. have billions of them. I can set you up. So <laughs> when very, when people uh, plain, uh, yeah, I can tell you. So the, it, they're extremely boring. But um, when I was a kid, I loved them. I loved them. I, I would take um, again. I love wrestling. I love these. I would take a shoebox lid as a wrestling ring, <laughs> and uh, I would just put a bunch in there. And shake it, and whoever was the last one not to fall out won the battle royal, right? <laughs> yeah, again, Bobby Hill, weird kid, but I love these things, um, and I don't think they get enough credit. They're they're fantastic. Well, I'm they like, were coming out in like that heyday of eighties wrestling, yeah, too, that Hogan yeah. versus Andre era. So. <laughs> I had a belt, like a, a really shitty wrestling belt, and it w- had like a case where the nameplate would be, and it would hold like four of them, so you could <laughs> transport them. That's awesome. Uh, similar to I, I would say my GI Joe ammo pouch that I had that would carry. Mm-hmm three gi joes yeah. six if you cram them uh and so yeah i had this really shitty belt uh that i used to love so but yeah that's my top five so i, I i've that's been holding little... on to that one for a long time because uh, i know you're a toy guy i've seen your your toy shelf so i wanted to get to that um and here's one again i know you're gonna love this is and again everybody gets this the only difference is everybody gets a different top five waylon's oh. was top five uh, toys or gi joes uh, Danny Rindos was the top five bands he would want to be in if time and talent were not an option or oh, an issue. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, yeah, you see, I, I put a lot of time and thought into these. <laughs> I work hard on this. I really try to be a semi-professional journalist and come up with these. Uh, now the rest of these, everybody gets stock, but the answers are all different. And I know you'll appreciate this one because we're Four Horsemen fans. Woo. I love a good stable. Sure. A Fantastic Four, if you will. Not it. them specific, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. An X-Men an Avengers, Absolutely. a Justice League, a Deadbeats of Comedy. Mm-hmm. This is your dinner with the Four Horsemen. You get one night to sit down with three living celebrities and be your own Four Horsemen. What three living celebrities set up your? Jesus. Yeah. Three your living foursome. celebrities. Yep. You can't go dead because everybody will just pick like Jesus or Freddie Mercury <laughs> or Gandhi. So it's got to be three living celebrities. Oh man! I and remember, know. you're the fourth. Shoot. So it's the Four Horsemen. You're the fourth. Who who who's your 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 wolf pack? What four? Yeah, what three are you picking? I don't know that I can answer that. That's yeah, we we've, we've got all kinds of good answers. Or... We've had porn stars. We've had neuroscientists. We've had wrestlers. Politicians. We've had them all. Politicians. Yeah. We've we so anything. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Yeah. Wow, let's. Uh, we're well, we're gonna have to look for a political figure, like a scientific. You, figure. you can you know, do Neil deGrasse you Tyson. Well, He's been in be, a couple. Yeah. Oh, that's our first repeat. Panel. All right, Tyson. we just said. Panel. We just said the other week we had had no repeats, so we have had Neil deGrasse on a, on a few people. Uh, uh, Wayland, yep. Wayland had it on his list, so good choice, excellent. Uh, be living as those. Yeah, that's where I get people. I, I admire dead people more than, than living. I know. Animals. That's why I, everybody would, again, everybody would pull out stock answers, so I wanted to spice it up. That's why I made that qualification. It was there for a reason. Uh, I'm going to go with Stan Lee. Okay, mm, excellent choice. It may not be available for picking long, so good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, good thing we got your episode wire. when we can. Just got uh, it in there. <laughs> uh, if he dies in the next uh, four days before this episode comes out, we'll dedicate this episode to him. So, uh, cool. yeah, good choice. But that's an excellent choice. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't popped up yet. Mm-hmm. That should have been on J.C. Ratliff. What, what the thinking. fuck? <laughs> J.C. Ratliff, man, dude. For his uh, sonic powers, uh, I'm going to have to pull in Puddle's Pity Party. Excellent. <laughs> I fucking 
love Puddle's pity party. Did you go when he came here? I did. <sighs> Not only did I go when I came here, he walked down the aisle that I was in right beside me. Gave me a pat on the shoulder. Are you familiar, Terry? I'm not. That's I'm... Okay. Afterward, oh, he did a meet okay. and greet for the entire no. BG. Anyone that just wanted to stand in line, what? he would wait there and sign a picture and take a picture. He took a picture with so many people, so patient. Like two hours, he just brilliant. stood there, He's one brilliant. after the next. So, okay, Terry pulled up pictures, just for anybody who's not 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 seeing this, which is the three of us. <laughs> Terry pulled up pictures and went, oh, okay. But as Michael <laughs> will tell you, you still do not get the idea. And we'll play it in a minute. I'm going to have you pull up a, a song. So... <laughs> It is not just oh, it's a clown. Oh, it's a it singer. is, and no. so and we'll. I, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll let Mike pick up pick a song to play here, and mm-hmm. don't play this yet. But here's the deal: uh, Puddle's Pity Party is. I honestly say this when I discovered it by just random accident because I think we were in a thread together talking about it. Uh, I think you actually introduced it to me. I think you were the first one to share one, and I was like, oh my god, it is the. I honestly think the most genius, brilliant use of talent I've ever seen in my life. It is everything I love. It is part Andy Kaufman. It is part Tom Jones. It is all amazing. Here is a clown who has this brilliant stage performance. I mean, his stage persona. Can you, I mean, am I missing any of this, Mike? Any of no, this? No, 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 no. So if I'm setting this up for any listeners and Terry, who's, who's about to walk into this, yeah. his stage persona is... Unbelievable! Like if you see him in interviews, he he sells it. He's a mime. It's it's yeah, he doesn't brilliant. But he has a voice spellbinding. Oh my god! And he does covers of just random songs in different genres. And normally and, I hate cover artists, by the way. Yeah, and I've heard everything from Blink One Eighty Two to Dwight Yoakam to uh, I mean, amazing. So I, I want Terry to pull something up. What would you suggest? What what's 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 your favorite? That uh, I mean, I've heard. What is it? Mad World. Everything he awesome. does. Everything. Um, I I've, mean, I've got I've got a few that I like. Yeah, but I'm going to well, go with the first one that really hooked me. Um, I think it's a good enough song anyway. But it's, it's the one that caught my attention that really drove it home for me. And it's Royals. Royals. Oh yeah, that's me too. Me too. That's the first one I heard. So Royals by Lord uh, by Puddles Pity Party. Yeah. And and Terry, please check this out. Enlarge this up. We'll play a moment of it for the. Uh, we can actually stop editing at any point if we have to like do copyright. But we we'll definitely. <laughs> and it's like, there's like indie qualities here too because yeah. it, it's it's just a dude on a drum kit, a piano, the background singers him. They're just in a room, and there's such integrity and such purity to it that it calls to me just oh, yeah. on a musical level. Oh, there's yeah. no bullshit here. This is just some some people being badass and him particularly. Oh yeah, I'm beginning. This is amazing. Background singers not so much on this one, but wow, this this really blew me away. But yeah, uh, can you enlarge this Terry on the screen? Yeah, I got you. Cool. I just watched the stage persona of this dude. Oh yeah, he owns it. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. <laughs> I cut my teeth on wedding rings. It's brilliant. No postcode envy, but every song's like gold teeth, gray goose tripping in the bathroom. Terry, no, is that what you expected? That is not what I exactly. <laughs> Does it hold out to the yeah, the that's why. Yeah, that's what he really busts up his vocals. Oh yeah, listen to this note. Damn. 
Ooh, every time. <laughs> And you think this guy could be doing anything. Yep. He could be fronting a rock band. He could be singing opera. But he chooses to be Puddle's Pity Party. And I'm telling you, it's... Cause again, I love singer-singers. I love Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck. Sure. I love that shit. Tom Jones. Oh, I love Tom Jones. <laughs> my, my grandma was a huge Tom Jones and Engelbert Humperdinck fan. And she turned me on to that shit. So I got real. Uh, and, and then my mom's records of like, uh, oh, God dang it. Um, I just went completely blank. I had a moment. That happens with uh, Lou Rawls, uh, stuff like that. My mom was like that. So, so I like a singer singer. Mm. And I'm a huge fan, again, Engelbert Humperdinck, stuff like that. And this man's voice is just in that pocket for me. It's so good. It's so good. But I, when you pulled up a picture and you were like, oh, I was like, no. Like, whatever. No. Ooh, no. Ooh. You're, not, you're not even close. You're not even close. <laughs> so, yeah, Puddles Pity Parts. That is a great fucking. So I, that. That may be one of the best uh, four horsemen you've put together of anybody. That is brilliant. Uh, Mine were uh, Stone Cold. What? Tom Waits. Oh, nice. And Alex Jones. (laughs) Those were my my three. So uh, I think I set the bar pretty low from the word go. And yeah, so that was my three. Uh, So here we go. This is a fun one. Um, We all like weird stuff and we all do our own thing. But um, what's your guilty pleasure? What's that getaway thing that you're like? No, no, no! I'm not. I'm not watching this. I'm not. I'm not listening to Britney Spears. What's, what's your, what's your guilty pleasure? Hmm. I, I don't know. That I really necessarily have one. I kind of, kind of own whatever it is I like. I know sometimes, like I like Motley Crue, but I'm not. It's not a guilty pleasure because fuck no, because it's like amazing. It. Right? Yeah, everyone so, likes Motley no. Crue. <laughs> like for me, again, I, I, I'm weird because I like a lot of shit, but I like for me. I think guilty pleasures when I think of them for myself being an oddball are B movies. Mm. Um, I like disco. Uh, you can hate me on anyone. I, really I like wouldn't disco. Have seen that coming? Exactly. So that's what's your guilty pleasure? What's your disco? What's the yeah. one thing where you go really uh, outside of being a dad? That's they already thought me off with that one, so give me yeah, something yeah. that again. But yeah, I love. I'm a huge disco fan. Bee Gees are uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> I guess. I guess it would have to be like '80s cheese dick hair metal. If oh, I, if good, again, me, good choice. I, yeah, I, that I was have to go with that. Good choice. Good choice. Because I do like that as well. So yes, that is an Dean, excellent choice. Your, your poison. Your Motley Crue. Mm, I loved it. I loved it. It was so I had good. So many cassettes. Oh, me too, dude. <laughs> me too. All of them. I didn't care which. You got eyeliner on Cinderella, um, Rat. Let's throw them all on. Oh there. yeah, dude. The first compact disc I ever saw were hair metal compact discs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother joined one of those Columbia House. He had the rack stereo that everybody wanted. Two cassette players, turntable on top, CD in the middle, giant EQ. Nobody knew how to work. Right, and then the record storage at the bottom. He had one of those. He joined the Columbia House, and he got five CDs. I think it's five. Yeah, five. And the five were, again, the most hair metal cheese ball. He got uh, Poison, Look What the Cat Drug In. Mm -hmm. Poison, Open Up and Say Ah. Two Poisons, all right. Uh, White Snake, White Snake. Yes. Um, White Snake, Slip of the Tongue. Yep, yep. Um, Deep Purple Machine Head. Hmm. Again, great record. Didn't fit in at the time. Mm -hmm. And... Grateful Dead, Touch of Grey. What? Uh, so, <laughs> sure, well, I throw that one in there. Because that's the five he got. I'll never forget it. Even then, I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> I love Poison, and I, to this day, love. I, I would fuck David Coverdale. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Like, I would, you know, they go, like, who would you go gay for? David Coverdale walked in here and was like, hey, mate. 
<laughs> Peel off those leather pants. We're doing this. Take us to the show later if you've got a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I wash my hands first <laughs> and after? But yeah. So Skid I love White Snake. Skid Row's oh, big for me. Skid Row. That guy could fucking sing. Oh, yeah. Bad shit crazy, though. Have yeah, you ever... <laughs> he's at, on top of the world at 17, dude. Yeah. Like, was, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the Bieber uh, uh, syndrome. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I loved um, the cheese ball hair metal. I was always a fan of the Molly Cruz and the Poisons. And uh, I never could get into, uh, like, the real metal metal. Like, I've never been, like, a really... Like, I like Motorhead and Sabbath, but I could never be metal metal. But I was like... I like Wednesday. <laughs> but I do hate Def Leppard, so they don't. Uh, I, never, I, I never really could get oh, it. Too fucking, glossy, just too. I hate his voice. I hate his voice. Songs I just can't really, hate his voice. Uh, so as we wind down with our top five, we've got two left to go, and I like to, uh, as you can see, I like to pace things. I like to, to lay things out in good order. I like an emotional roller coaster. I like to hit the peaks and valleys. So we're gonna go low for a minute. Someday when you've uh, punched your last ticket and served your last burger, what do you want in your tombstone? What legacy do you want to leave? Hmm. I'm going existential here. Let's well a little, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little about as about as, as deep as we go. But yeah, um, we've had a single joke answer, so I mean it can't be too deep. I cut everybody else by always prefacing it so I don't get a pizza reference. I knew that was going to happen at some point, so that's why I have to describe death first. So there's no. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a callback here to the beginning of the show. And I, I really like what you said with it, and uh, you know, I, if if it could just be on the tombstone or in people's minds, I. Don't have a bad thing to say about the guy. That's that's great. I'd leave the earth with no guilt on that. You know, he didn't make anybody mad or disgust anyone. That's it's, great. I don't have anything bad to say about him. That's my philosophy about you it. Be humble with those kind of yeah. Things, that's I mean. my and that's uh, I'm, I take the show very humbly. Like I know that again, I have an opinionated side, and I like to come out here and and, and tell jokes. But I, I am a very humble about it. I, I do appreciate being here and in all things. But it, you know, and I so I've been that way about the show from the word go. And yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I said I think one week that uh, if you listen to the show and go, oh, he's not an asshole. I mean, he he's wrong, but he's not an asshole. <laughs> I, that's to me, that's a compliment. I'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's like if you want to disagree, but be like you're not a dick and you're like, okay, cool so we lighten up the existential for a moment and we finish it out with a really simple question what's your happy place where's your getaway where do you like to be when you can be anywhere well there's a couple mm. it involves home Good these choice. days whatever whatever I'm versions a- of this play out it's probably going to be at the house i already like it <laughs> uh, it's going to be not going to work there's going to be some air conditioning involved yes uh, there's going to be some video games there's going to be uh, some bong hits. So I'm just going to go like and throw it. that out there. I like it. Nope, I'm in 100%. Uh, we're going to have the uh, the fiance involved, obviously, as part of it. We're going to have uh, maybe some Chinese food. I don't know. Mm. I'm just I'm just talking about. Nice, nice. What do you order? What's your What's your Chinese food choice? <laughs> I'm a lo mein, lo mein guy. I like yeah. uh, lo mein. I'm a cashew chicken guy. Oh. <laughs> I love some cashew chicken. So, I I like where this is going. Just this... a day, no emails, no texts, just air conditioning, video games, bong hits, uh, fiance, some. I don't, that's all I'm looking for. That's, that's great. That's, no, that's honestly, that's, that's, that's my happy that's my answer. My answer was the same. It some really was. Maybe just at the house, just leave me alone. Let's. I'm doing what I'm going to do here. My wife and I there on the couch. I'm playing video games. She's into an art project. Kids are running in and out, smoking, hanging out. To me, that's the best. I like to be home with nothing to do and money to do something if I want. And I don't, I don't want much, you know, but if somebody says, hey, I'm hungry, you want to go get pals? 
yeah, and we can afford to go get pals, and let's go get pals, yep. and come back here. You're not and buying Ferraris. No, exactly, exactly. No, that's a, that's a whole other thing we talked about earlier about lottery purchases. You know, what mm-hmm. would you do? Like, once you've got the house, and once you've got the car you want, because those are the two first things everybody does, mm-hmm. where do you go from there? And so, uh, for me, it was a nudie suit, a uh, rhinestone <laughs> western. Yeah, that's that's that comes right before a wrestling championship belt replica. Mm-hmm. Nice, uh, but nice. nudie suit. I want a rhinestone uh, uh Graham Parsons, 1960s uh, nudie suit. I want it for beard competitions. That's actually, that's actually a goal. I looked into it. They're about four grand for even a cheap one. When my heart, I, I hope you get that one. I appreciate <laughs> it because I've decided. I, my wife laughs. She goes, "Okay, so you get one. We one year we can afford a four grand suit, you moron. You know, and you get it for beard competitions. What else are you gonna do in it? I was like, I'll. I'll record a special in it, mm-hmm. and so that's what I, I, I've decided that that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out. So imagine just me. And again, when I say Ron, don't think Porter Wagner at a whorehouse. Think Dwight Yoakam at a funeral. Ah, right. I want something like I old really school. About Dwight Yoakam at um, funerals. Black. You know, you you've seen my my western shirts I typically wear. Mm-hmm. Imagine just a rhinestone version of that. Simple black, some red roses with the green rhinestone coming down the sleeve, down the front of the lapel, <laughs> maybe down the side of the mm-hmm. pants, slightly bell bottomed. You know, mm-hmm. um, nice pair of uh, uh, rattlesnake boots to go oh, with it. Go. So the thing, think Dwight Yoakam at a funeral. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want, and I told her I would record if I have Comedy Center all ever come knocking, or Netflix was like, hey, we got an idea. I'm going to do it in the rhinestone suit, and I'm going to call it rhinestones and dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, so. Because I just think it was, imagine a scene of comic just like me, look like me, right? <laughs> you know, Because you see him come out in like suits, but you see people come out in like ties or just t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So imagine me walking out in this old school 70s ZZ top look, you sans cowboy hat, and just being like, What's the deal with airplane food? You know, <laughs> how unique would that be? You'd be like, I don't. I don't. Well, that is burned into my memory. Yeah, now, so, so it's gonna happen. So that is a wonderful, happy place. I I'm very happy with your entire five to drive. You did great. Mike, thanks for being here, man. It's thanks been a blast. I don't see enough. Uh, again, I need to start coming over some more pay-per-views. You throw a festive pay-per-view. Indeed we do. So I enjoy just it. for dinner. It's maybe a nice, quiet dinner. Well, I guess I will definitely take you up on that. I'll take a, a night where Lindsay and I can slip away and get away from the kids for a night, stash them with the grandparents, mm-hmm. and we'll come out. We may not do much bowling. With her MS, bowling can turn mm-hmm. uh, to a viral video pretty fast. Uh, we don't want that to happen. Uh, we'll do this at the uh, house. We'll make this. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But uh, we definitely want to come out and check out the restaurant and see what kind of put together and uh, we'll check it out thank you for being here um i always close every episode and let people know that you know that thanks for listening you know everybody does what they do but if you don't have somebody to do it for what's the fucking point you know um i wouldn't be here without whoever does listening you know um i say this a lot but this is what i like to close with and that's that a crowd without a comic is still a crowd and uh a comic without a crowd is just a narcissistic asshole with a microphone so couldn't Ooh. yeah I couldn't do it without you guys I couldn't do it without Terry and I couldn't do it without wonderful guests like you Mike so well, we'll you see you much. next uh, no we'll see you next time here on Debbie Radio we'll let Clutch play us out uh huh uh huh
to jack up your sound scan. What's the matter with you? How can we ride Martin's and Latin plays? Atrophy shrinking your entire vocabulary. The style's like garbage cans meant to be taken out on a weekly basis. Ever since your first record, you've been in a state of suspended animation. You look like stuff for love against an Oscar pit against me, crazy advocates. Enough about you, let's talk about me and how single-handedly I redefine the science of radio astronomy. Then you know more practically this question, but no sense of reality. Oh, but I digress, you play sorry. I